Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning, John Anthony in for Dan Proft today. So good to see you. So good. Yeah. How's your show going? Going well. I can't see you, and I don't like not being able to see you. Why did you, I was move, gone move. out of town? There Wait, we go. hold on. Maybe I can do this. Uh oh. There you go. There we go. Hi. How are you? I'm a little frazzled this morning. <laughs> the road. What is the? What do they say? The road to good intention is paved. Paved with. with what? <laughs> it's so know. early. <laughs> um, but yes, Brain's not I've, working um, yet. Yeah, because I wanted to get you guys food. Oh, nice. From the diner. Ooh. And I got a little lippy with the. With the guy cooking the food. They didn't spit enough so food, I hope did he they? didn't <laughs> I really hope he didn't tamper with your food. Oh Lord. But I ran outside to put makeup on. I came back and I'm like, why is the food not ready? <laughs> you have to get the food ready. And um so it's there for you. You got a, a I can't California wait. burrito. Ooh. Justin, I got him a chicken one with no avocado and no tomato. I hope they so that specific. there's not something special in there. But when I was sitting out there waiting for them, two guys walked by me. You know, I'm near Irving and Ashland. And I had a cop car next to me because he was in the diner too eating. Uh-huh. And I, I was still scared that I was going to get carjacked. Really? Well, it's happening, so. Oh, everybody. I mean, I, again, I went from knowing nobody to knowing three people who've been carjacked. Wow. And in one case, it took more than almost two hours for the police to, to come. Well, they because, And then, of course, what, what, what happened with her vehicle? It was used in another carjacking oh. and then dumped mm-hmm. on the south side of Chicago. Wow. Do you know anybody And this happened been... in the north side? Oh, yeah. oh, on the north side? The north side, it's a joke. Yeah. I mean, I've been gone for, well, it's almost two weeks. And the nice part about it, because I was doing the show from our, I thought you were going to be there today. Utah. No, 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 no. Yeah. And um, I had, did not hear a siren or a gunshot <laughs> or see police car lights oh, boy. for almost two weeks. Yeah. And that is real rest, my friend. So did you hear it last night? That is real. And then I came in last night and I heard... So how was your Christmas and New Year's? It was it was it it was well. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. Um, But uh, kids kids loved it. Kids had kids had a great time. Do they still believe in? I mean, well, Santa's Uh, real. One of my (laughs) twins told the other twins, "Santa's not real." (gasps) Oh, oh, how how did you work your way out? Well, uh, she said, "Daddy's Santa, mommy's Santa." (laughs) Oh, how old are your twins? Five, five. They'll be six this year. Uh, yeah, are, this year. They're absolutely we're in, adorable. We're in 2023, aren't we? I know. Oh, boy. So next year's an election year, and in a few <sighs> weeks, we have uh, a mayoral yes. race. And Paul Vallis, the new poll is out. I saw Paul that. Paul Vallis is in second. Yeah. But tied for first is Chewy Garcia and Brandon Johnson. What? Brandon? Yeah. Wow, that's well, shocking. he's got the endorsement of the CTU. Oh, there it and is. And you can say what you want about yep. them, but they go they out. Vote. They vote. They vote. And that's a huge voting block that he needs. So we're going to talk to Paul Vallis. Yeah. It's also January 6th. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one-year anniversary? No, it's, it's the two-year anniversary. Is it one? Two? That's what I Is thought. Is it two? 
Oh, it's 2023, you're right. It's 2023, you're right. I know. I thought it was a one-year anniversary. I'm like, oh, no. It's a two-year anniversary. So Julie Kelly's going to join us um, later in the show with that because she's been all over that. She's She's been embedded in that. I mean, she knows every detail. And the Democrats are still saying that four people died that day. Well, the news, as I'm driving in, it said seven. Seven people? It was viciously attacked and... Seven people lost their life. I'm like, really? Viciously attacked? Come on. Well, the person who died was Ashley Babbitt. Right. Who was unarmed. I spoke to her mom. Oh, you did? I had her mom on the show. Well, on why my didn't show. you tell me that? Because we could have had her on today. Well, I, I'm <laughs> probably going to be here Monday, too. I don't know yet. I okay. don't know yet. So, <laughs> so we can, I can give have you. her on? Yeah, we can get her. So how are they handling? What did, what did she say? Oh, uh, I, I mean, she's fighting. She's, she's at the um, visual every, I think they do it every Friday or something like that. They go out there. They sing to the prisoners, and um, she knew, she even knew our buddy Cashley Kelly. Oh, she talks to him like, well, he's now been moved. He's um, I think he's coming to Indiana. Uh, I was I was talking to his uh, was fiance. he someone? I'm sorry, who is Cashley Kelly? Remember, he was the kid that went viral because he was talking about black lives have to matter to black people before it matters. Mm-hmm. And um, he went viral. He went out there, and uh, he got caught up in it. Oh, on January 6th. January 6th. So he's one of the arrestees. He's one of the arrestees. And he's still in prison? And he's still in prison. For well, how long is the sentence? Um, I think they gave him six months, Six months, I think it was. I'll have to uh, look it up, but I think he got a six-month. And um, are they fighting, like, are they suing the police officer or the police, the Capitol um, Police? They or? just want to get free first. That's everybody that I've talked to who's related oh, to the J- right. J- J6. They just want to be free first. They want to get there. Because there's still a lot of people who haven't received their um, their sentence yet. Yeah. They're still waiting. They're still waiting. Yeah, you heard about the guy who lost his eye while he was in there? No. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's I know that there's a woman, an elderly woman, she was from California, and she was suffering, she's battling cancer, yeah. and she had to spend three days in prison. Yeah. And her daughter dropped her off, and there was video, and I thought, I, she's in, she's on the driveway home to Jesus. Right. You know, give right. her, and she was one of the, you know, because there were two groups right. that day. A couple. Well, well, more than couple, two. Well, right. two groups. And right. I did not like the one group that was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Right. And, yeah. And that makes me sick. People that were breaking windows. windows. Yeah. Yeah. They should be arrested. Yeah. But there was another group that was, bit, I mean, they were in the rotunda and the you know, velvet ropes were on each side. And they're like, just meandering around like, oh, look at, look at that Senate statue. Look, oh, look. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a beautiful artwork. You yeah. Know? And she was one of those ladies. And anybody that was let in, how do you, how do you? Prove trespassing. They were allowed in. The, the police, the Capitol Police, moved aside and allowed them to go in. If they didn't touch anything, why are they in jail? That's not it. I hate the term insurrection. Right. What happened in Afghanistan is an insurrection. What happened on January 6th is not an insurrection. Then what would you call it, a riot? Uh, in, in some regards, some of the people there were rioting. They were destroying stuff. They were taking stuff out. Taking the, the did they take the speaker's podium oh, yeah. or something? I, 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 he looks like carrot top, yeah. doesn't he? Oh, oh, you know, now doing all that type of stuff. Come on, but but much. to call it an insurrection is beyond a bit much. So uh, we have a Biden border reversal. Oh, he went. I don't know if you no, he's going this Sunday. Yeah, to El Paso on his way to Mexico City, and he he made the announcement yesterday, and of course blaming Republicans oh. for the problem and the tragedies at our border. Why did you decide that now is finally the right time to visit the southern border? Republicans have been calling on you to do this since the beginning. Because Republicans haven't been serious about this at all. Come on. They haven't been serious about this at all. I wanted to make sure that I knew what the outcome, at least the near outcome, was on Title 42 before I went down. 
We don't have that yet, so I had to operate. I don't like Title 42, but it's the law now. I have to operate within it. It's, my prediction is, not, not, not particularly insightful about this, Title 42 is going to go away before the end of the year in terms of the Supreme Court, my prediction. And then we're going to have to use Title 9, or Title uh, 8. Eight, right? Am I right? Even know what yeah, you're talking eight. about. Eight, nine, <laughs> and uh, which is which we can implement what we're doing here plus some other things. But so I wanted to make sure there was a rational way in which we could begin to announce it. But I couldn't wait once the Supreme Court ruled that they're not going to make the final okay, decision. Tell me when you're bored. I, I, uh, what, 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 I don't even know. What as that soon as I heard his voice, I got bored. Well, he's got a very deep voice this time. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you've heard. Yeah, I've heard. I don't know if he's recovering from a cold. <laughs> um, okay, right, so here's the new plan. So he's going to go visit the border, and I'm sure, in El Paso, which I used to be a reporter there, I'm yeah, sure they're going to clean up the streets. I'm yeah. sure gonna, they're going to pick up the garbage. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to try to get everyone that they can to squeeze into any shelter possible, yeah. or maybe even people opening up their homes. I know there's a recycling plant that my friend owns in El Paso, and they're opening that place up. Oh, really? To put people inside. Because people don't understand. The desert's cold. Yeah. It's yeah, cold it, it, it does night. get cold. Yeah. It's freezing. So here's Biden's plan. Uh, all right, ready? So he's going to expel quickly. This would quickly expel uh, migrants from Haiti, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Oh, why do black if people? If they try folks? to get in, <laughs> that's fine. But he warned immigrants yesterday: do not just show up. Ooh, I'm scared. Oh. So, but he's still going to allow thirty thousand migrants from those countries to come to the U.S. a month. Thirty thousand a month from mm. from those countries through a newly expanded vetting process. Or, well, but he didn't expand on what that vetting. So not the is. proper ports. They wherever they come from, he's just going to allow. They, them. they have to come in. They have to to come in and then declare themselves asylum seekers. They don't want you know just come in. But this is a little too late. I mean, what Beyond. two million people yeah. already yeah. here illegally that we know and, of, and seventy eight are known terrorists. Yeah. Wow. And he sat on this for years. Yeah. Since he become and, and again blame the Republicans. <laughs> yeah. Stating that the Republicans. Um, haven't been serious about border security, and he wanted to see what was going to happen with the legal challenges did over he, Title 42. Did he forget Trump had was solving that problem prior to him leaving oh, office? Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Republicans are not serious. Oh, you send billions, millions of billions of dollars to other countries to deal with their border, but we didn't send any of that $1.7 trillion atrocity of a bill? Oh, you mean that? So if you were serious about it, why didn't you address it in that $1.7 trillion? dollar um, budget, so-called budget ominous bill. Well, the problem is, see, he's going to Mexico City, yeah. so now he's got, well, if you're going to Mexico City, why aren't you going to the border first? Correct. This is all about optics. Yes, it is. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630, or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, SignatureBank.Bank. 
Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, Signature Bank. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Daddy, what do taxes pay for? Oh, why everything. Policemen, trees, sunshine. An AM 560. And let's not forget the folks who just don't feel like working. God bless them. The Answer. That's good. Uh, the brilliance of Justin Kosick, our technical producer, who uh, came in during the break to tell we're not on YouTube anymore. I mean, I did my hair and makeup this morning for no reason, Justin. We are on YouTube, but we are streaming this morning from our alternate secret account, AM560, The Answer. Okay, I got to write that down. AM560, oh wait, it's right in front of me. AM560, The Answer. All right, so why, why did we get yanked this time? Was it because of that guest we had? Earlier this Surprisingly, week? Surprisingly, no. It is never anything recent. They're always going after our old content. They, they they must be scrubbing through our libraries and finding this stuff and finding some reason to complain because it's never anything new. Really? It used to be during COVID, you would tag interviews with something, something in masks, and right. then the and algorithm then it was vac- would hit it. Right. And then it was vaccines because if anybody came on and was anti-vaccine, mm-hmm. we'd get yanked, right? Yep. And then it was then January 6th. Happened. Oh, that's right. And then now, this time, it was for an interview we did with Wired Stephen Levy on Big Tech's role in destroying America. Wow. Really? (laughs) This one, I'm really puzzled as to why we got pulled off for this one. And and you've been black and white radio. Deleted. Deleted? How many strikes have you guys had? I don't know, Justin. We've had quite a few strikes, but they expire after so long. So we play... (laughs) We must play good enough, long enough. Are we living in China? Yeah. In a communist country? Mine is completely deleted. Well, what did you do, bad boy, John Anthony? So I did a compare and contrast about the 2016-2020 elections. Right. I put up Democrats saying that the election was stolen and Uh, all that uh, stuff. And then I put up, and then I put up, I know, but they, they, they took it down. And then we, there was another one about COVID. And once again, I was putting up the words of Fauci. Okay. And they did. They gave me a strike. And then the last one, Vallon had somebody on, and they talked about the elections. Being and stolen. I'm like. Ugh. Allegedly being stolen yeah. or being stolen. Right. And so you've been yanked for good. Yeah. Well, I created a new one. Black oh. and right 2.0. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, wait. That one was I mean, black and black right. Black and right radio 2.0. 2.0. That's right. We'll keep it clean over there. Well, I, I and mean, what, what is time of your show now? Four to seven. Four, oh, yeah, see, yeah. Saturdays? Saturdays, four to seven. And are you in studio now? Because I know you I'm take December off. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be in studio. I filled in for Sean for three days um, last week. Okay. Yeah, he told me He told me we broke his show. I said, no, we just expanded <laughs> and improved his show. <laughs> All right, so deja vu, Groundhog Day. Ooh. Oh, Kevin, 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 Kevin. Kevin! <laughs> Uh, yesterday got a little crazy. Well, let's just fill you in on what what happened. The twenty holdouts are still yeah. holding out, and now they're nominating people that I've never even heard of. Who's Kevin? Another Kevin, not Kevin yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. Here's Le- Lauren Bobert. For what purpose does the gentlewoman from Colorado rise, Madam Clerk? I rise to nominate Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma for Speaker of the House. The gentlewoman is recognized. It's as simple as that, folks. Let's start getting somewhere with this. Realize the facts. Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes. Let's elect a Republican who can unify our conference, who is a true leader. I'm casting my vote for Kevin Hearn. 
312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line, 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. At what point in time does Kevin McCarthy realize that maybe I shouldn't have moved my office furniture into the House Speaker's office on Monday and should have tried to secure the... There's such California elitism right there. (laughs) One California moves out, another one moves in. When he's moving that furniture, and I thought, oh. buddy, do you, did you secure the votes first? No, yeah, no, apparently not. Before you started changing the drapes yeah. and removing the carpet and putting other oh, things in. God. Can you imagine what it t- what it would t- the, the embarrassment and shame of if he doesn't get it and he has to move out? Yeah, well, do, do you think? I mean, at this point in time, should they just go get along to go along because they don't trust him? The concessions that he's yeah. made, okay, um, rules change to let one member. Call the vote instead of five to oust the speaker. Right. So all he does is anger one person. They yeah. can call the vote. More Freedom Caucus members on the House Rules Committee. Okay. He's conceded to that. Promises to vote on some priority bills for holdouts, including term limits. Oh, I don't know if that's going to get anywhere, especially nowhere. through the Senate. Um, don't want McCarthy's. This is this is the one that gets me. This is the key to the agreement, and he's conceded to this. They don't want McCarthy's super PAC to get involved in primaries. Which no. means they no. are afraid of retaliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Club for growth, too. And, yep, Byron uh, Donalds, who's Love a, him. well, he is Dan Proff's congressman. Yeah. He flipped at the last minute on Tuesday. And uh, is he worried about retaliation? At this point, do you believe it's time for Kevin McCarthy to step aside? Uh, I don't think we're there at this point. Are you worried about retribution? Man, I'm 6'2", 275. I'm not worried about that. I'm we'll in. work through it and figure it out. I'm six. My man. I'm six foot two. 275. Right. Bring it. That's Bring what he's it. But then it got a little clownish yesterday because uh, Congressman Matt Gates, also from Florida, decided to nominate you know who? Yeah. The Donald. President Trump. And so I rise to nominate Donald Trump for the position of Speaker of the House. And for all of the vitriol that we hear from the media and at times the left, there were great moments of bipartisanship under the Trump presidency. And the Democrat nominee for speaker knows that well because he led valiantly on the efforts for criminal justice reform. And I was honored to join him. And I know no matter who's sitting in that speaker chair, we got a lot of work to do on that very issue. We took a first step, but there is a second step and a third step to take. And I'm glad that we were able to work with President Trump, with Republicans and with Democrats to provide real outcomes for Americans to create greater prosperity. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So guess who the only person voted for Trump was? Matt <laughs> Gates. Lauren Boebert voted for Kevin Heard, who nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. And uh, so we sit and wait. And then today, you know, after, well, after yesterday's 11th vote. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting into territory that we haven't been into since 1856. Oh, wow. Back then, Dan was a senior in high school. <laughs> and guess how many times they voted before they settled on a speaker? 30. 133 mm. times. Good but back then, night. they didn't have, you know, CNN right. or 24-hour cable networks right. to dig deep into it. And they finally settled on a gentleman from, Mike, do you know where that gentleman was? I think it was from what year? Pennsylvania. 1856, please. Can you please yeah. look up who became Speaker of the House? 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. Let's go to Roosevelt, who joins us from Midway. Good morning. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, uh, Amy. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you guys were talking about, uh, well, uh, El Paso. 
Uh, we've been talking about a lot of yeah. things, but yes, uh, Biden okay. is. But we're talking about Kevin McCarthy right now. And if you think okay, he well, should be speaker, just give it up to somebody else like Scalise or even possibly Jim Jordan. Well, as far as the 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 House, it's in disarray, and it's been in disarray since this, the whole thing started. It's a circus. And sorry to say, but a lot of those people that are opposing uh, Kevin is uh, their uh Trump supporters, I believe. Yeah. So, yep. So, and Marjorie Taylor so, Greene is a Trump supporter, and she's yeah. supporting Kevin McCarthy. So they're right. all over the but, board. But, but because, but the, but the reason, I, in my opinion, the reason why Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is uh, they, she probably made a deal with Kevin as far as getting one of those committees or get a high. So it, she's in it for herself, to put it bluntly. Well, they That's all are. All these twenty are just trying to elevate their, you know, their profile. Because now people right. know who they are, and the longer this goes on, you know, people knew who Matt Gates was because of the alleged scandal. Um, but Lauren Boebert, you know, people knew who she was. But Mary Miller's on this list, and we're trying yeah. to get her on the show. Oh, you know, during she's coming during the Saturday. campaign. Oh. Excuse me. Oh, oh during the campaign, she always wanted to come on our show, and you're now you're telling me she's going to be on Black and White Radio yeah, Saturday my, from four to seven p.m. This that's my. Oh, I, I can't say homegirl anymore, so I I figured that I, I made a post with you and okay, I. Okay, well, you're going to yeah. ask her what her problem is with Kevin McCarthy and yeah, yeah, if I she's will. ever yeah. going to budge. Yeah. All right, thanks, Roosevelt, for the phone call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Craig in Mount Greenwood. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Amy, and uh, good morning, John. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. Hey, uh, listen, I got a different take on this. Um, you know, uh, be, before the election, uh, people were, all, were uh, complaining quite a bit about how uh, things are always business as usual and everything's all messed up and these people are all a bunch of swamp creatures and that and um, and all that. Well, there was a saying that said, uh, you know, uh, all it takes for evil to persist is for good men to do nothing. Well, this is what it looks like when good people do something. And these 20, they're going to end up being our heroes. Hopefully they can get something accomplished because it's business as usual all the time and everything is just messed up. And these people are standing up, and they really put a wrench in the works for this establishment and the rhinos and all these people that are just full of beans, basically talk, 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 and nothing ever goes the way it should go. Well, now, for the first time, they're getting some pushback. This whole group, this cabal of Democrats and Republican establishment. So what do you, what do you I mean, you know, I just think we should support them. I think we should support this small group. And basically tell the, uh, what's his name, McCarthy, uh, repack up your bags again and get the heck out of there. We're going to get somebody in there that means business instead of all these years and years of talk, 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 and nothing yep. going the right way. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. I, I, I say, is it, is it, the question is, is this definition of insanity or is this fighting for the republic? I like the fight. I really do. But yeah, I, but, but now we're on day four. I think it is Demi- today the day. Right. Because Demi- Kevin McCarthy, after every you know session, yeah. says, oh, we're, there's going to be movement. No, yeah. there has not no. been movement no. unless he knows something that we don't know that yeah. today might be the day. Again, at 11 o'clock a.m., they're going to take another vote. Yeah. So what is he doing in the off hours? Is he sitting? I know he met Negotiations with, are ongoing. They are. But I, who's the negotiator? That's a good question. Who's negotiating on Kevin's side and who's negotiating on the gang of 20? And I just feel that if McCarthy gives them everything they ask, yeah. will it weaken the speakership? Well, you know, I'm okay with one one because that's that's the way the system was initially. One person can get up and 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 call for the removal of the speaker. Nancy Pelosi changed that, you know, because she didn't want to be challenged. 
So I'm okay with that. Just, you know what? More trans, the more transparency. Uh, I'm okay with this fight. I never wanted Kevin McCarthy in the first place. I wanted Jordan or Scalise. That's those are the two that I've always said. They seem like stronger they, yeah. men, stronger yeah. politicians, and, and stronger leaders. Yes, but but then if you if you nominate Jim Jordan, we lose that attack dog, that pit bull in the committees. Oh right, you know, and I think he's best served there, Jim Jordan. So the four that he can survive with four people with four. not voting for him. Right, that's going to be Bobert, Gates, or yeah. Matt Gates and uh, Biggs. Andy Biggs definitely. Andy won't Biggs vote won't. No. And who else? Um, I what don't... about B- McDonald's? Oh. Do you think he'll move back uh, to the yes column? I don't know. Because I, <laughs> I mean, once you've had your name in the in you know to be speaker. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to, to to revert and say, okay, I'm going with Kevin? You oh, know. Yeah. And Lauren Bobert thought Trump should. Yeah. Reverse, not be nominated, but should declare to people, "Hey, don't vote for Kevin he McCarthy." Sort of did that. He I said, think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, "Sir, you do not have the votes, and it's time to withdraw." Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you but said, he he kind of did that on on True Social. Sorry, Kevin, you couldn't close the deal. <laughs> oh, so at first he came out yeah. on on Wednesday. He came out yeah. and said, "People, you should get behind Kevin McCarthy. He's yeah. the guy." And now you're saying on True Social, he posted late last night. I think it was right right before I went to bed. I'm in a group chain of uh, text messages, and I saw a True Social post from him, basically saying you couldn't close the deal. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I was like, oh, something to that effect. Oh, it's always something. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com/slash/mobile. I know Christmas is over. Let's mark down that we are the first persons to play, first radio station to play a Christmas song in 2023. But did you hear what happened in the UK? With? They had um, 8,000 patients received messages that they were dying of cancer (gasps) instead of a holiday greeting. What? Yeah. um, UK doctor's office, they don't want to say which one it is. It's from the New York Post, uh, texted that, Quote, thousands of patients starting uh, were startled when they got news that they were dying of aggressive lung cancer when they just meant to wish them a very Merry Christmas. Uh, it's the Askern Medical Practice uh, sent the automated text uh, right before Christmas. <laughs> Warning, quote, of a diagnosis. This is what it said. Diagnosis, oh. aggressive lung cancer yeah. with mis- with uh with mystasis. Oh, I'm so bad. I can't read that word. I need my glasses. Um, and ask patients to fill out a form that allows people with terminal illness to claim benefits, leaving many who got it in tears. Oh, my. Especially <laughs> didn't have any heart attacks. <laughs> but within hours, the the surgeon and the doctor sent up a follow-up offering their sincerest apologies for the previous text message. Quote, our message to you should have read, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. And this was the screenshot that they said. Yeah. Saying that they're going to die of terminal lung cancer. And they meant to say that, uh, give them a very Merry Christmas. That's when does, when do doctors give you news like that via text? Text message. Yeah. If you're going to die or if you have cancer, don't you think that should be a face to face conversation? Yes. Not, not a text message, not a phone call. Hey, we need you to come into the office. Yeah. Yeah. And bring somebody you love with you. Yeah. Well, then you know something's up. But they have to be wearing a mask. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I just had a doctor's appointment and I had to put on the mask. Oh, Oh, you did? I put it right down below. 
Oh, you wore it. Didn't uh, cover my nose yeah. or my mouth. Just, you were the chin I guy. Said, hey, you told me to put it on. It's on. The chin strap guy. All right, coming up on Chicago's Morning Answer, not in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah, what Dan predicted last week uh-huh. when we had Ted Dabrowski on from Wirepoints that we should fill empty Chicago, pub, pub, Chicago public schools with immigrants. Oh, boy. That's coming to fruition. Um, but we're going to start with the uh, assault ban weapons, the assault yeah. ban weapon ban, excuse me, in sh- Illinois. It's getting one step closer, we'll explain. But now let's head into the newsroom. Here is Mike Scott. The Illinois House has passed an anti-Second Amendment gun ban. Four women seriously hurt in a rollover crash in Chicago's West Loop. Two are shot while sitting inside a tow truck early this morning in Logan Square, and a firefighter recovering after being injured in a massive blaze in Maine Township. Bulls visit the 76ers tonight. Seth Jones makes the all-star team. And WIND Chicago News Time. House Republicans will try to elect a speaker a fourth day. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. So it's better that we go through this process right now so we can achieve the things we want to achieve for the American public. And Kevin McCarthy still thinks he will win despite losing on 11 ballots so far with about 20 conservatives still voting against him. But late last night, details emerged regarding a deal that's aimed at changing some minds. The deal would allow a one-person motion to vacate, giving members an easier route to oust McCarthy if desired, and provides, among other things, the House Freedom Caucus with stronger representation on key House committees. Fox's Alexandria Hoff. One of the GOP holdouts, Congressman-elect Ralph Norman, is not committing to backing McCarthy yet, but tells Fox this morning. All of it makes sense, and we're excited about uh, having these changes made, which should have been done anyway. We shouldn't have to ask for them. He says they'll meet in about an hour to discuss it all. It's two years now since the January 6th Capitol riot interrupted President Biden's election certification since then. The Department of Justice says more than 950 people have been arrested in nearly all 50 states and D.C. Of those arrested, 284 have been charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees. 484 have pleaded guilty to a number of federal charges, with many facing jail time. Fox's Ryan Schmelz, a special counsel, is investigating former President Trump's actions. A Democrat-led House committee recommended criminal charges. He calls it all a witch hunt, says he did nothing wrong. But the estate of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, who died the day after the attack two years ago, is suing Trump for wrongful death, claiming he incited the riot. Kilauea is erupting again in Hawaii. Since it's inside the crater summit, so there's no danger to anyone, not long after it had stopped flowing. One of our seismologists pretty much called it after the other one ended. He said, ah, we'll be seeing it in a few more weeks. Ken Han is the Hawaii Volcano Observatory scientist in charge. Mauna Loa also recently erupted in Hawaii. Its lava flow has stopped. America's listening to Fox News. 32 degrees at 6.02 on AM 560. The answer, good morning. I'm Mike Scott. In spite of huge constitutional issues, Illinois lawmakers, Democrats, moving forward with a proposed anti-Second Amendment gun ban on future sales of certain semi-automatic weapons and magazines with more than 12 rounds. However, Courtney Redman, of the Illinois director of the National African American Gun Association, says the gun ban that passed the House disproportionately impacts black and brown communities. We want to make it more expensive. We want to make it more trying, and we want to restrict the black community from their rights. It is their right. It's their Second Amendment right. During a committee hearing yesterday, Republican State Representative C.D. Davidsmeyer said he backs going after 
some gun traffickers, but criticized the measure for requiring gun owners to register firearms. Once again, I don't think the majority of, uh, of gun owners are going to register. And I, I'm not sure who's, who's going to round them all up. Democrats backing the ban say they don't want to ban all guns. Republican opponents say those are commonly owned firearms and counties across the state likely will not enforce the measure. Lame duck sessions in, in Springfield end January 10. Two are shot while sitting inside of a tow truck early this morning in Logan Square. Happened around 2 a.m., both suffering non-life-threatening injuries. A firefighter recovering after being injured in a massive blaze in Maine Township last night. Crews responded to the 9400 block of Margale Avenue, where the fire had spread to multiple homes. Police are investigating a shooting in South Deering that left a 14-year-old girl injured. Officers responding to the 2900 block of East 97th, where the girl was shot while standing in the street around 5 p.m. The victim was rushed to Trinity Hospital, reportedly in critical condition. An apartment complex on Chicago's south side that experienced a major power outage before Christmas Day has several building violations. City of Chicago says power outlets in the Algonquin apartments in the Kenwood neighborhood cannot be supported by the existing electrical system. Several residents have been displaced after they were ordered to vacate December 24th. Bears wrap up the 2022 NFL season with a game against the Vikings at Soldier Field on Sunday. Bulls will try to start a winning streak when they take on Philly at the Wells Fargo Center tonight. And Seth Jones is heading back to the NHL All-Star Game. The Blackhawk Blue Liner was selected to the event for the fifth time. The news a service of Salem Surround. Go to surroundchicago.com today. A check of traffic and weather on the way next. On AM 560. Charlie Kirk explains a tactic from the left. Personal targeted harassment is a key device in the left's toolkit. To be able to make you uncomfortable in your home, in your place of peace, they want to make you paranoid and afraid. The Charlie Kirk Show. Afternoons at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 560. The answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer.
Good Friday morning. Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony in. Hey, happy to be here. For Dan Proft, and you're eating your California good. burrito that I got you from the diner this morning. That was really Whoever decided good. to put French it? fries inside inside of a burrito was a brilliant idea. Is, was that a French fry I've been into? Yes, that was. That yes, was good. Yes. A lot of news today. Yes. Lots of news, including uh, this <laughs> new assault weapons ban that passed the House last night, real late last night, what, 64 to uh, uh, 43? 64-43. Yes, and here's a, a conversation. It was a heated debate, and it's not over yet because now it's got, it moves to the Senate. Correct. And Governor Pritzker released a statement at 2 this morning. He was saying, Oh, he, 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 was, sh- he was. And he was there as the vote was taking place. Because we got to get these weapons off. Because that's, right. that's what's going to. Assault weapon ban, that's going to stop yeah. the criminals. Correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's a conversation between Deerfield Democrat Bob Morgan and Republican from Decatur, Dan Culkin. So we're talking about literally people dying from gun deaths. So I don't really wow. know how to explain that if you don't understand no, I the understand. harm. I it understand. doesn't sound I'm, like What you I understand, Representative, is that you're going after my Second Amendment rights. You're asking me to surrender, if you, to if register. You are a, no one's surrendering weapons. If you are a oh. lawful gun owner, yes. continue to be a lawful gun owner. This no. legislation doesn't change that. Okay, so this is what this legislation does. If it passes in the Senate, which I, I'm sure it will, and by the way, it's called Protect Illinois Communi- Communities Act. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it bans the sale, manufacture, delivery, and purchase of assault weapons across the state. Now, Illinoisans who already possess or or in possession of a legally purchased assault weapon, you'll be allowed to keep your firearm, but you have to register the gun with the Illinois State Police within 300 days of the law taking effect. Insane. Active duty retired police and military members in good standing are exempt. The bill also bans large capacity magazines holding 12 or more rounds of ammunition and rapid fire devices or switches. Mm. Six, this um, also gun shop owners would have 90 days to transfer high capacity magazines out of state or modify them to carry less than 12 rounds. It goes on. And then also too the FOID card, it raises the age from 18 to 21. And you have a problem with that. Yeah, because we can send our boys off to theater and war at 18 and they can possess a weapon. But when they come home to Illinois, what, what happens? Who's going to police this? Who's all in? 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro. Answer line 64636. Type in DA. Then a quick comment we have on our turnkey.pro answer line. Uh, Todd Vandermind. 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 <laughs> He's a former lobbyist for the NRA. Good morning, Todd. How are you doing? Well, waking up to you is not so bad. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Todd. All right, so I know you've been fighting this and... Uh, Obviously, if you know the Senate's going to go the way of the House, and I'm sure passes, but is this legal, and are you going to challenge it? Yes, I spent all day on the phone with lawyers, uh, going over our strategy on this. We're unsure if the Senate's going to pass this. Um, there is, seems to be some discrepancy between what the Senate wants to do and what the House wants to do, but we'll find out today whether or not the Senate's going to take it up or not. Uh, but it's, you know, it's most people don't understand what this actually does. I don't even think Bob Morgan understands what the bill he wrote uh, or pushed through does, because when I read it last night, they added somewhere between 12 and 20 million shotguns from hunters oh. into this bill. 12, how many? Can you repeat that? Well, between 12 and 20 million shotguns, because uh, the, the uh, Browning 
uh, A5, which was designed by John Moses Browning, a former Illinois resident. There were over 3 million of those shotguns that were designed in 1898 now fall under this bill. So does the Remington 1100. There are over 4 million of those shotguns ever made. The Remington 1187, the Benelli Super Black Eagle, the most popular duck hunting gun in the country, um, those all qualify as assault shotguns under this bill. Oh, my God. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You oh, no, no, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Todd, I, I'll, I'll never recall. You, I, <laughs> it was myself, you, Eddie Sullivan. We were in the back room uh, meeting with Democrats and state police, and one of the things they said was, we are not going to pass a gun registry. Uh, was that a lie? <laughs> we now know that that's a lie. And Todd, who, well, who well, well what you have is you have a different state police yeah. that is now operating under one of the most anti-gun governors of the state. My real question is, why is Governor Pritzker's life worth more than mine or my wife's? My wife mm-hmm. has her carry license. She's going to be restricted to a, te- a 12-round magazine. Yet Governor Pritzker with his bodyguards, they're going to have something else. Yeah. You know? Oh, and same with Mayor Lightfoot. Yeah. And she's supporting this yes. gun ban. She came out along with the mayor of Highland Park saying, right. you know, this is going to change. This isn't going to change anything. Right. You're right. With her poll numbers, I understand why she's supporting it. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 this is ridiculous. The, these people have no understanding of what they're talking about. And they want it, it's not a logical debate. What you heard was, you know, the school room mentality that they have because there are a small set of criminals out there and because of those small sets of criminals everybody else gets punished for their actions it's up to us to you know give up or surrender our rights because they um are are doing criminal activity and it makes no sense i mean they put the magazine penalties down to petty offenses in some cases do you think a, a criminal in Chicago who's got a Glock switch, which is a 10-year federal felony, is going to pay any attention no. at all to a petty offense from a magazine? No. Do, you know, are, are you serious about this? But, you know, what I'm hearing out there is there's a ton of gun owners who are just going to be defiant. Yeah. Who are saying, I'm not registering anything, and I'm not surrendering anything. And, and Todd, so how is that? Because, you know, I think we have, what, out of the 102 counties, 73 that are 2A sanctuaries? Um, how will that Seven affect? Weeks. 70? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that well, are 2A sanctuaries? 2A sanctuaries state, um, counties. Okay. Yeah. And you have, so now beyond the sanctuary counties, you have counties like Effingham and Iroquois that I can name off the top of my head that are now saying, no county resources can be used to support enforcing this law. Uh-huh. State police. So if the county sheriff can't spend any money to arrest you, transport you, or do anything else, and now, you know, take that to the prosecutor to where they say, you know what, you can't prosecute these guys. You can't spend any money, you know, sending your ASAs to do any, uh, you know, if they if they want to talk about, putting a divide within this state that's exactly what the legislature is doing and it's all because of these liberals up in highland park and a couple other places that don't want to get a handle on crime 
they just want to use, you know, like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. And that's exactly what they're doing. But in light of the New York decision out of the Supreme Court, um, we're, we did, we're not negotiating. I mean, we, we have not been talking to them and telling them how screwed up their bill is because the more screwed up it is, the better it's going to be for us in court. And that's where we go. Well, look at what they did to the Safety Act. I mean, that bill was a hot mess, and they still passed it. So here's walk me through this. So if this is passed in the Senate, and you own an assault weapon, and you own an extended magazine, do you have to turn in your magazine, or do you have to register that magazine? And what if you don't register your assault weapon, is somebody going to come to your door and take your assault rifle away? Well, we don't know how they're going to enforce this, because they won't say. But number one, there are no serial numbers on magazines. There is no grandfather clause. You have 90 days to either modify your magazine, surrender it to law enforcement, or do something else with it. You have 300 days in which you are required to declare to the state police by serial number uh, what firearms you may think qualify. They want to build a database. They want to build a registry. And on top of that, I think they've got commerce clause issues with this because they're telling manufacturers they can't even build guns that qualify for this in the state to sell to people in other states. Wow. Uh, you know, Dan's the lawyer. I'm not. Yeah. But I, I, I think he would even admit that, you know, there are serious problems with this bill through and through. Yeah. Do we have and, any Republicans vote for this bill? Jim Durkin, the guy who was overseeing the demise of the Republican Party in the House, showed his true colors of being a a Democrat in waiting. Wow, so Uh, Durkin's the only Republican that voted for it? From what I saw on the roll call, yes. Um, You know, but after overseeing the demise of the Republican Party in the Illinois House, I guess this is his final flip the bird to uh, Republicans on his way out the door. And what about the Foyd card? Do you have a point of contention with that, raising the age from 18 to 21? That actually got stripped out of this version of the bill. That's oh, it did? That, okay. Uh, Thank you. That, that got that got gutted out. I think they saw a, another host of constitutional issues with that. We will see uh, where it lands. We hear the Senate is working on their own bill. Whether or not they get something done today uh, remains to be seen. It seems like they are the adults in the room of some sort, but you know we'll see what that looks like. But we're prepared to go to court. And and, and we're, Todd, we're, you, you know, it, it's what amazes me about what happens in Springfield is that you take these type of bills, the Safety Act, you take this gun bill. It's always done in in lame duck session when a lot of these people who are no longer accountable to the voters um, will don't have to say, "Well, this is the reason why I voted for this bill." Um, Personally, I think that's something we I would I wish we could do something about as far as no major legislation being done due to the lame duck session, because that's where most of the controversial bills go to pass. And and now this is when does the bill take effect if it passes the Senate? As soon as the governor signs it. Oh, wow. And he's ready to sign it. I mean, he even put out that statement last night saying this is going to be it. All right. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. And uh Keep up the fight, and we'll stay on the story. Appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Uh, we just won the New York decision at the Supreme Court. We are going to force feed that to JB and the rest of the legislature, and they're, they're going to find out 
just how behind the eight ball they are. Because I'll tell you what, give me 18 months, they're going to have less on the books today uh, than they have today. I mean, we're 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 not just going to sit by and take this as a passing thing. We're going to sit there and work to reinstill the Second Amendment to Illinois, despite what uh, Mr. Pritzker and his cohorts think. We're, we're going to force feed them for Supreme Court decisions. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thanks Todd so Vandermeide, he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Who sings this song? Dulipa, that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure your kids listen to this, right? Yeah. My, you have 12? My, how many? You have? My 16, 12? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, you have the five-year-old five, twins. Yeah, five girls. Oh, my gosh. Five girls. And a son. Old. You have a son yeah. and yeah. five girls. 20-year-old, uh, 16, 10, soon to, soon to be 10, and five-year-old twins. Oh, my gosh. You're not Ooh. busy or anything. No, not at all. They, no. Are Ooh. you a hands-on kind of dad? Are oh, you yeah. a girl dad? Yeah. I like when people oh, said, yeah. I loved when Kobe Bryant did that. Yeah. I'm a girl dad. I love my girls. Oh, yeah. And they oh, love you. Yes, they do. Okay. Like, you, every time I come in the house, they all run to me. Well, except my oldest. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. But you had probably had a good run with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jada's my girl. My kids still hug me yeah. all the well, time and tell me they love me. And yeah. I'll see. I'll be at school and, at, you know, because I coach at yeah. CPS and my son will see me in the hallway. And he'll walk by and he'll be like, hello, mother. Look, my mother's here. And then he'll give me a big hug. It's so cute. I mean, it's yeah. so but then the other day he saw me. He's like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, "Well, I, I have to do stuff during the, you know to prepare for next season." Yeah. Now I make sure I tell them I love them every single day, as many times during the day I can. Yeah, I do because I do. I love those kids. I text the kids, "I love you." Yeah. Hi, honey bear. Like, oh, stop calling me honey bear. Yeah. <laughs> My right, six-year-old so ignores me. Do you me. do um, quickly? Oh, do you read oh, comics Lord. to them? Are they into comic no. books? Because DC released a, a comic with a pregnant Joker. Who gives birth to a son. Yes, uh, the son, a mud monster who Joker vomits into existence, transforms into a smaller carbon copy of the Joker, reminiscent of Austin Powers. Mini me, you complete me one billion dollars. Yeah, and this is the picture. He's pregnant. The Joker's pregnant. So you can see him. He's uh, with child. And uh, yeah, vomits out a baby. Uh Uh-huh. This is geared to kids, right? Yeah, and the comics, you know, the DC website, DC's website's comic strip said they're not disclosing the backup storyline why this happened. But yeah, this is our new society. Uh, yeah, well, did you see the the kid on TikTok who was menstruating and it was a a guy basically was going through pains. <laughs> well, oh, cramping, said, is he said, now? Yeah, right, he, he was menstruating. Well, we discussed the most yeah. disgusting story uh, two days ago. Oh, you know they're doing because men that transform you know they get rid of their genitals uh-huh. and they turn it into a of a jj oh. and they're putting frozen tomato paste like they freeze and so that it slowly drips out and that they, so they can feel our pain they oh. think and and you know go to the bathroom and ask somebody to borrow a tampon which nobody actually borrows a tampon you give somebody a tampon okay <laughs> So yeah. Well, they're free now. So. Oh, that's right. They're free. They're free. Oh, so. all the money people save. In boys' restrooms. So. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com/mobile. 
America First with Sebastian Gorka. Today at 3, right before Sean Thompson at 4 on AM560, The Answer. Ah, the spins, Mac Miller. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Did you ever listen to Mac Miller? Yeah, I, I, I know who he is. I, I knew who he was after he died. Oh, really? I brought to the song, and I'm like, well, this guy's pretty good. Yes. This, Yeah, he died in he 2018. Oh, yeah. Very talented. All right, well, we have some good news. Uh-oh. We have, like, some good news here on Chicago's Morning Answer. Amy Jacobson here, by the way. John Anthony filling in for Dan Prof today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, Buffalo Bills Tamar Hamlin awake with his family in the hospital. And guess what his first question was? Do you know? Yes. What was it? Did we win? Who won the game? Who won the game? He was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. When he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Damari, you won. You've won the game of life. And that's so true. He won the game of life because he had cardiac arrest on the field. They brought him back. And then when he got to the hospital, he had cardiac cardiac arrest again. Yeah, wow. But they said neuro, neuro, uh-huh. neurology. <laughs> <laughs> Neurologically. Neurologically. He's doing very well. It's not only that the lights are on. We know that he's home. Uh, and that it appears that all, all the cylinders are firing uh, within his brain. And the Bills QB, Mr. Allen, is very excited because he just wants, this is kind of cute. Mm. They're, you know, because they're all smitten, they're all excited, they want to see him again. We just want to lo- love up on him, you know, uh-huh. so the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be, if we if we get to see him anytime soon, man, it's going to be awesome. With more on this, let's welcome back to the program, and it has been a while, Lester Munson, former writer for Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and he was on the Chicago Sports Writer Show. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Back in the day, they yeah. sat at a round table. I think, were you guys smoking cigars back then, or were people smoking cigarettes, Lester? Uh, there were cigars, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No question about it. We had a giant fan above the table to try to draw the smoke away. It did not work. <laughs> That's great. And who was with you on Czech that show? Copic, did Czech Kopic, I remember. Uh, God bless his Czech soul. Czech Kopic occasionally. The regulars were uh, Bill Gleason, who was the founder and the inventor of the show, Bill Jouse, one of the all-time great Chicago sports writers, and Rick Tellender, Another of the great Chicago sports writers, he continues to write a column for the Sun-Times. He and I were colleagues at Sports Illustrated when we were doing that weekly show. Wow. Do you miss it? Because sports has changed a lot since then. Because I I used to watch that show all the time, and I loved Chet Kopic. I I miss it terribly. Uh, I miss Chet. Um, We had so much fun doing that show. We would gather... Uh, 90 minutes before we taped and try to figure out what we would talk about. We would have these arguments about what we should talk about. We should have taped those. They were the most hysterical things. I was laughing so hard, I never got any of my topics onto the show. <laughs> That's the, great. The, uh, and, and we could have shown the, those arguments. There was not foul language. It was it was just hilarious in so many ways. Wow. So, Damar Hamlin, uh, my co-host, who were the host of the show, Dan Proft, said that by Monday of next week, nobody's going to know or remember who he is. And I completely disagree because I think now, you know, number three, Hamlin Strong. What are you thought, mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, this be one of those incidents that is so melodramatic that we think there's going to be big, enormous historic changes, or will it fade away 
like other player injury cases. I, I, I'm with you, Amy. I think that this actually may produce a level of solidarity and brotherhood among players that will finally allow them and their union to begin to achieve the benefits uh, and, and the uh, situations that other unions in hockey, uh, baseball, and basketball have already achieved. The, the, the union has struggled to get what players need. Um, this may finally get the players to understand that only with some level of unity and cohesion can they bargain with the owners and get seriously good health and pension benefits for life after football. Yeah. Now, do you know if the cardiac arrest was caused by the hit or is the NFL still trying? Because they had mentioned that they were going to do a separate investigation on that. I'm sure they will investigate. They will have various doctors take a look at it. I don't think we're ever going to know that. It looked like just another hit uh, in the football game, maybe a little bit harder, a little bit more dramatic of a collision than you see uh, on a lot of tackles. But he then uh, he did get up, and then he dropped uh, in cardiac arrest after that. It, it, the connection, the, the causality and the connection here is probably never going to be resolved. Um, but the... The point is that that players may now understand they're not just at risk of a knee injury or a concussion. They're at risk of their lives now in playing this game. And a lot of, you know, the NFL came under fire for not canceling the game soon enough. And then there was a rumor that they maybe they're going to play the game again. What what, what are your thoughts? Did the NFL act appropriately? I think they did, which... uh, Given the history of the NFL, is a bit of a surprise. Uh, back when President Kennedy was assassinated, the NFL, a couple of days later, played a full schedule of games. Unbelievable, even to this day. Uh, the, the National Football League has a history of treating its players as commodities instead of as humanity. Uh, but here, finally, they... I think they got it right when they suspended the game. That was a surprise to me. And they also got it right when they have now canceled the game. So I, I would have expected the NFL to uh, go the other way on both of those. But somebody is paying attention, and they're doing a better job than they did historically. Yeah. Hey, Lester, um, I don't know if you've seen the dust-up that's happened between Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Um, Shannon Sharp didn't want to come back um, to the um, I forget the name of the show that they do together uh, every day and because um, of his tweets because of his tweets I didn't his tweet I didn't read offend the tweets. me I read the tweets he basically was saying he didn't understand why the NFL would cancel a game of this magnitude because the playoff positioning was 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 in play yeah so right. so he got upset and Shannon Sharp wouldn't come now when you guys were doing your show do you think that would have would have happened where Somebody else, one of you guys would have would have when you showed offended. up, <laughs> um, because we we live in a culture today where everybody's offended by by any any and everything. <clears throat> would you guys have, have 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 allowed that to happen doing your sports reporter show, or what have you just uh, have taken it out on the air? We've right, talked about it on the air. Never, we never would have let that interrupt the show that we were doing. You're exactly right. We would have discussed it on the air. The discussion would have been a very good discussion. We did have the capacity 
on that show to dig deep analytically on almost any issue. <clears throat> we all were very good friends. We would never try to one-up or to insult another that way. One of the best things about that show was the camaraderie uh, that we had so that we could argue about anything, take a break for a commercial, and come back on another topic and argue about right. that and, and have a rollicking good time as, as we argued what were some fairly serious issues. Correct. And, but you, you, you look at what's happening today amongst these so-called sports reporters. They, they and seem like they're movies. They act soft. like they're movie stars, yes. not sports reporters. Prima donnas. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I, that's why I loved you, you, the show that you guys put on, because you guys tackled the hardest subjects of, of the sports world. And, and guess what? You, get, you guys didn't always agree, and that's okay. I mean, you, you look at how, how, how you know, reporters are today, <laughs> and, and you look back how you guys actually did it, I mean, they're worlds apart, right? Well, sports reporters today, they don't know the facts. They, no. they kept saying, this is the first time this ever happened. But no. in 1971, Chuck Hughes with the Detroit Lions died. He had a heart attack, and yeah. he died an hour after the game. Wow. Do you remember covering that, Chuck, or Lester? Do you remember covering Chuck uh, Hughes? That, that was my before my time. However, I, I have been a Bears fan all my life. I recall watching that game. Yeah. Hughes played for the Detroit Lions. And... What I remember most about that is when he collapsed on the field, the first person who realized how serious it was was Dick Butkus. It really? was not a member of the Detroit Lions. Butkus ran to the guy and began waving his enormous arms to get trainers and doctors out there to help him. The, 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 this is Dick Butkus, who, while at the University of Illinois said to everybody, I am not a pre-med, I am a football player. Um, and he, he knew what had happened to Hughes and, and called the attention of the entire game and the entire audience to what was going on. It was a r- remarkable moment in so many ways. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Thank wow. you for sharing that story. And then did they continue with that game or did they call it? They continued with that game. Back then, the NFL... Uh, they, they knew how serious Hughes was. There's no question. He easily could have been dead on the field. He was pronounced at a hospital because they did not have right. medical personnel on the sideline at oh, that time God. at that game. And the uh, but they did continue with the game uh, in contrast to what happened with uh, Demar Hamlin. Wow. All right. Well, Lester Munson, always a pleasure. And uh, are you writing a book, or what are you doing these days? I'm trying to finish a book. I I, uh, I wish I made more progress each day, but I'm trying <laughs> to discipline myself. This is a, a big undertaking, but I'm getting there slowly, Amy, day by day. Lester, I definitely so. understand. I'm writing my book right now. I've been writing it for two and a half years now. I got to get focused on it. I know. <laughs> do, do any of you have tight working titles you want to share with us? Uh, not yet. Uh, not I. Not I. But I, I. I'll get there. I'll get there. So is that how Almost you guys there. do it? So you write the book and then you do the title? Because yeah. I think yeah. you want to start with. Yeah. No? no, okay. No, you write the book first. All right. Well, Lester Munson, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your knowledge about sports and everything. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, John. Thank you, sir. And we look forward to your book. I can't wait. You'll come back on when right. it's ready. <laughs> and he joined, right. us, he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560. The answer.
All right. It's happened again. John Anthony, another fake Native American. Uh-oh. And I'm not talking about Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I'm talking to you about a white woman from Wisconsin. Oh. Her name in 2017, which she put on Facebook, she declared herself as a white woman, uh, Kay LeClaire. But by the 2019, she publicly identified as a Native American two-spirit. Yeah, she got a little dark, too. Well, yeah, look, so she went to the tanning spot. Here's the before and after. Ooh. Now, you like looks, the Indian ver- yeah, Native American she totally different. version. She looks, and you yeah. like, hot or not? Yeah, she's hot or not. much, much more beautiful on the right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she Big looks, time. I mean, it's very, she looks exotic. Yes. Friends say she darkened her hair. She went to a tanning salon, and she started, are you ready for this, a queer indigenous artist collective. Oh, what's that? I don't know, but she found queer indigenous people that are artists and had a collection. Yeah. She spoke at a number of events, so she made money off of this fraud. And then she became non-binary. Mm. So a non-binary, what does non-binary mean, Justin? Oh, yikes. I had to Google this one. <laughs> I'm not hip to this hey, new terminology. This is your generation. Yeah, this is, you people started this, so you oh, people should know. <laughs> don't okay? lump you, you with people. these people. You, you know. What uh, is it? Non-binary is an umbrella term for people whose gender identity doesn't sit comfortably with a man or a woman, thus making you non-binary. Well, you're reading that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, but, so this this fraudster who, again, made tens of thousands of dollars at, acting like she's Native American when she's really German, Swedish, But she English. identifies as this, right? She identifies it, yes. Uh, but she's now been taken, uh, forced to step down from her position. But she also gets, listen to this, she was selling Native American artifacts, allegedly, that she bought on Esty. Yeah. What are they And call? she resold. They what? call her Pretendian. Pretendian. And her, her name, are you ready for this? Nibba, she changed her name from K to... You try to pronounce it. Try that again. Nina Majiji. No, I'm okay. I butcher names. Hey, I admit I butcher names. Okay, so it's unclear whether they're going to face any charges for this fraud, but people try to make, you know, I'm an oppressed person, look at me, and then they try and make money off it. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning and the battle for speaker continues. Kevin McCarthy losing round after round. We're on number 11 now. 12. Uh, For a third day. But is there progress right around the corner? Because Kevin McCarthy keeps saying that after every vote is taken, he walks into the chamber to, uh, to his speaker's office, which That's he already his moved office. his furniture into. And reporters, a gaggle of reporters are there asking him, you know, is tomorrow the day? What's going to change? But one is enough, enough. Uh, one of the holdouts, Lauren Boebert, suggested somebody else and nominated somebody else. Another Kevin. For what purpose does the gentlewoman from Colorado rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma for Speaker of the House. Who? The gentlewoman is recognized. It's as simple as that, folks. Let's start getting somewhere with this. Realize the facts. Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes. Let's elect a Republican who can unify our conference, who is a true leader. I'm casting my vote 
for Kevin Hearn, and I hope you will as well. And as many of you know, Matt Gates nominated. Hey. Your guy. Right. Former President Trump. The Don. And so I rise to nominate Donald Trump for the position of Speaker of the House. And for all of the vitriol that we hear from the media and at times the left, there were great moments of bipartisanship under the Trump presidency. And the Democrat nominee for Speaker knows that well because he led valiantly on the efforts for criminal justice reform, and I was honored to join him. And I know no matter who's sitting in that speaker chair, we got a lot of work to do on that very issue. So let's get to it and get behind a candidate. Kevin McCarthy (laughs) seems like the clear choice. But joining us now is Brett Baer, busy man. He's been on Fox News constantly. And uh, Mr. Baer, do you have details on the one way that McCarthy can still become speaker if GOP rebels don't budge? Uh, good morning. I think that uh, the one way it happens is is attrition. And that is uh, that as you head into the weekend, more and more people don't show. And the people that don't show are people that uh, either Democrats or uh, people in the 20. Uh, and they uh, the magic number goes from 218 to half of the quorum. And McCarthy manages to cobble together that number. That's the way, math-wise. Other than that, writing down the concessions in a specific rule package um, takes 72 hours. And from everything we can tell, it's in the process. It hasn't come out yet. So you're looking into next week before this gets done. In addition to that, this weekend has a lot of Democratic and Republican fundraisers in places like Deer Valley and uh, Colorado, uh, and they want to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have one vote today and then they adjourn until Monday. So, But if Kevin McCarthy, because I, I see the list here of concessions that he's made, if he gives them everything they ask for, does that weaken the speakership? Yes, 100 percent. And <clears throat> there's an, uh, another backlash that's possible. And that is the Kevin McCarthy backers who believe that he's given too much. Um, and, you know, they say, we've been with you all along, and now you're giving all of these, you know, 20 uh, rebels, if you want to call them that, uh, all that they want on committees and, and stipulations. So it's a fine line, and it has to wrap up soon. But um, so far, there's not an alternative that has stepped up and said, I'm going to be the person. So who's going to blink first, though? These 20 rebels or, you know, somebody calling them the Taliban 20. They've, they have all sorts of group titles, that's for sure. Are they going to blink first, or do you think someone in the 201 majority? I think it's a good question. You know, all 20 of them are now raising money back in their districts. Uh, they have uh, a lot of supports, you know, a populist kind of support saying change the system. Uh, But at some point, and Kim Strassel has a piece in the Wall Street Journal today uh, saying, "Okay, you have got your concessions. You are clearly changing the way the House operates. You need to take your ball and, you know, move on. And at some point, that tip will happen. And the question is whether the McCarthy backers stand by McCarthy. Mm -hmm. So far, every indication is that they're going to. So uh, you're still at a standoff. You're still at a game of chicken. Um, I think we're heading towards the back end of it, not the beginning of it. Wow. Let's just hope it doesn't happen like it happened in 1856. Where they uh, voted for how many times? 133, 133 votes. 133. Okay, uh, but who won? Nathaniel Banks of Massachusetts. Thank you.
you know. And then don't forget <laughs> later uh, later that year. Uh-huh. Remember Sumner and I believe it was Brooks got into that fight. He got hit in the head with the pipe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a lot. Go. It was a little contentious back yeah, then. But back then they didn't have twenty four hour cable service True. and nothing. True. So um, there's one congresswoman from uh, I forget her name. I think it's Cameron from Florida who said that Democrats are <clears throat> eating popcorn and drinking on the House floor. Is that true? I don't know about the drinking, and Democrats got very upset about that accusation, yeah. uh, telling her to strike it from the record. Um, that was um, Representative Kamek yes. uh, and from Florida. So, uh, and they do have blankets, and um, but the the drinking threw them into a, a rage. But this is kind of turning into a clown show, don't you think? I mean, with Matt Gates, you know, nominating President Trump. To be speaker, I mean, do they realize that this is looking a little silly at this point in time? Yes, I think they do. But there's this sense that people will forget it in the long run and uh, the House will move on and it's good for democracy to change things up. That's their their pitch. Um, but I think that there is some broader hurt in that every vote, every ballot, Democrats have 212. They're very unified. And uh, they seem much more organized. And I think there is this chaotic feeling that if this is what this looks like, what is legislating under a Republican House look like? Yeah. Imagine those 20, you know, having to negotiate with Chuck Schumer. It's, it's going to be a little tough. All right. And then yes, why, feeling and other things. Right. they say they don't trust him, you know, because he's made all these concessions. They, uh, why don't they trust Kevin McCarthy? You know, to, I think it's a personality. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy has not done significant things legislating. He hasn't been a chairman of a committee or a ranking member of a committee. He's done significant things raising money during campaigns. He's done significant things recruiting candidates around the country. Um, but it's different when you're in the chamber and in the House uh, having to herd the cats around a piece of legislation. Sometimes getting to yes is the harder, much harder uh, vote to get than is to, to vote no. And um, and I think that's one of the things we're saying. All right, let's move on. I think a big victory and a big thank you to Fox News because looky here, President Biden on Sunday is going to finally visit the border. And he's now saying that he hasn't visited because Republicans weren't serious about border security. What say you, Brett Bear? Well, that's that's just pure spin. I mean, the administration has not talked about it prior to the election. I don't think they talked about it because of uh, it was a big issue for Republicans and one that the president really didn't have an answer to. I still don't think they have an answer to. They're kind of fighting it around the edges and then saying Congress has to do the heavy lifting. Um, you know, yesterday, President Biden said to migrants, don't come to the border. But that's right. not what candidate Biden said. He said, come, come, you know, and and file for asylum. So uh, it was a mixed message and one that um, that obviously folks, you know, coming to the U.S. saw as a welcome mat from the Biden administration. Isn't it just a little too late? And again, what exactly is he going to be doing? Is he going to be going into the shelters, you know, where they're crammed? And, you know, the Democratic mayor of El Paso has already declared us. Know, state of emergency, or is he just going to walk by the Setagosa Bridge and, and you know look out at Ciudad Juarez and be like, okay, this is good, and then leave and head off to Mexico City? 
Likely. Uh, I'm sure that the Department of Homeland Security Secretary um, Mayorkas will be there and talking about what, what they're doing. Um, this is a visual and it's a political moment because the House Republicans are in chaos and in the vacuum. He's dealing with this issue that really Republicans want to be their issue. You remember Kevin McCarthy said he wanted to bring committee members and actual committee hearings to the border. Um, now the president's going to be there, and then he's going to go to Mexico. So, listen, what they're physically going to do policy-wise is not a lot. What they're doing visually is saying, we hear you, we're going to deal with the issue. And one more thing, it comes after Gavin Newsom, California governor, went to the border oh, and did a, right. video, did a video saying Democrats need to pay attention to this. Pritzker's uh, next. Just, yeah, Pritzker's next, because you know, if Biden decides not to run for president— yeah. Gavin Newsom and, and our governor Pritzker is going to be running for uh, president. Did you know about that? I heard that he heard rumblings. Yeah. yeah, he's got the money think, to fund uh, it. Right now, the, all indications are Biden's going to run again, but um, that could change. All right, we'll leave it there, Brett Baird. Thank you so much for your time because I know you've been busy. I've been watching you constantly on Fox News, and uh, hopefully, after this is all over, so you predict it'll be over. Early next week or midweek or what? Are, what is? What are your thoughts? I, I think um, uh, I think early next week. Probably, if I had to put money on it, I'd say Monday, Tuesday. And it will be McCarthy. Don't know that. I don't know that, but it will come to an end. And um, I think McCarthy has a slim shot uh, to shoot the gap and get get the numbers if people are not showing up, which mm-hmm. they won't. And if not him, who? Scalise, well, Jim Jordan. Scalise, probably. That's Steve been my Scalise, pick. Uh, and then you go to different people that could get Democratic votes. Patrick uh, or McHenry, um, oh, Tom Cole, others. But then you risk really making your base pretty mad. So Scalise is probably the go-to alternative. But um, right now McCarthy still has has the ball to get across the finish line. All right. Brett Baer, host of Fox News Special Report and the number one best-selling author of To Rescue the Republic. Thank you so much, Brett Baer, for joining right. us. Thank you. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. This story it makes me physically ill. With these kids. Our friends from Wirepoints received this information uh, from the OIG report from Chicago Public Schools. They received more than 600 adult on student misconduct allegations from the 2021 to 2022 school year. Wow. And these are, I mean, I don't even know if we can read this on the radio. I mean, uh, this some is. Some of it you can't. I don't, I don't see how. They include a CPS teacher who groomed and sexually assaulted a 17-year-old student on three occasions. The student said that she began to think of him as her friend and therapist and that he touched her and groped the student while hugging her and touching her thighs and buttocks under the pretext of removing lint from her clothing. Wow. You know, you get some lint back there, so I'm going to grab that. Fourth grader. Oh, yeah. Let's go, you read some more because I, yeah, I just... I, it, yeah, a, he asked well, why ugh. the fourth grader had, uh, why her lips were chapped, because she was yeah. performing a certain sect act. A high sect school gym, and, and no names, of course, because these right. people are being protected by the CTU. Um, 
a CPS high school gym teacher, don't know the school, repeatedly exposed himself to a sophomore girl and connected with another 15-year-old student on social media and sent her photos and videos of himself masturbating These are kids. and engaged in other sexual acts. These are kids, Amy. A CPS elementary teacher, no name, sexually touched a CPS student repeatedly over several years when he was 11 to 14 year olds, years old. He also purchased food and gifts for the student and members of his family and spent the night in the student's bedroom having sex with the student. Hmm, how did he get in the student's bedroom? Yeah. Why Good aren't question. these people behind bars? 312-642-5600, turnkey, pro answer line six. They referred six. 16 cases. Pardon? They referred 16 cases mm-hmm. to, to law enforcement. One teacher who we just told you about who was hugging and touching the clothing uh, was acquitted by a Cook County jury in November. Oh. Teacher is currently fighting termination with the Illinois State Board of Education. And who's representing him? Who's helping him? The CTU. Another kid. This is this this one is shocking. A CPS charter school administrator took a high school junior to a Broadway musical in downtown Chicago. During the performance, the administrator allegedly touched the student's leg with his own, and then while driving the student home, slid his hand down inside of the front of the student's pants and touched his genitals. And took trips. Oh yeah. Then later, the administrator took the student on trips to Las Vegas. Los Angeles, London, Ibiza, and the Bahamas. 4,000 text messages to a student? Yeah, a CPS high school teacher, and in another case, uh, exchanged 4,000 text messages with a female student over two years and 400 text messages in one day. Boy, their fingers must be tired. Wow. And then the teacher uh, told the student he was bisexual and that he was in an open marriage and was attracted to other people. That same teacher asked another student to show him her underwear. And while they were talking in his office, quote, asked if she wanted to take her clothes off. Another CPS employee called a fourth grader sexy and made other comments to her about her physical appearance. What's sexy about a fourth grader? Um, Don't know. In all, there's 81 sexual touching cases. 35 cases of grooming, 33 cases of sexual abuse. And the reason why I am so upset about this is because uh, yeah. I'll have to talk to my lawyer, but <laughs> I'm going to talk to him because these investigators were investigating me Yeah, Same over ones. somebody who called a snitch line and made some random, because you can just call the snitch line and say anything about anybody, right. somebody I've never met, right. an alderman I've never met, but it wasn't about, not sexual touching by any means, it was some... Yeah. Something on Twitter, a sans, trans sex discrimination allegation, which I was found. Um, I was exonerated. But, I, I mean, they're wasting their time with so that. They're, and they're, they're people that are raping our children yeah. in Chicago public schools. Yeah. Raping. That's true. Getting access yeah. to their bedrooms. And they're investigating that. This is a sick society we live in. And I and, and the CTU is protecting them. Yeah. No names. No names. No names. No names of the teachers or the schools. And as a parent of a CPS parent of a kid, we need to know their names. We need to know the schools at least. Yeah. Are they still there? Are these monsters still? It's 600 plus adult on student 
misconduct allegations. Yeah. You think the parents know? I don't even know if they know. Yeah. That's the problem. All right. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Two years ago, where were you? Were you watching? I was watching it. What was happening? I was supposed to be there. You were supposed to? Oh, really? I had an all-expense-paid trip to go. And why didn't you go? I, I felt something wasn't going to be right. My police senses, you know, Your spidey senses, yeah, we call them? Yeah, they and I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. That voice belongs to John Anthony, by the way, filling in for Dan Prof today. And you can hear him this Saturday and every Saturday on right. Black and White Radio from 4 to 7 p.m. That's right. How do you like your new slot? I love it. Good, good, good. Oh, I love it. I mean, later in the day. You're more awake. I'm <laughs> You, know, you don't like this morning shift when you have to get uh, here at 4 a.m.? too early to talk. I know. It's it's <laughs> oh, uh, juggernaut. But, you know, we have a purpose. Yeah. And the purpose is to bring you guests and talk about the topics That's that right. people care about. And, and we two have fun. Years, yeah. And also, two years ago today, I was watching. I ran home. I was listening to the radio because I'm always locked in. You know, again, you yeah. never can take a break. And I, I floored it home because I had to see this, and I was shocked yeah. at what, what I saw. Yeah. And they're still trying to blame Trump for the, you know, the Democrats and their messages. You know, four people died that day. Yeah, that's what President Biden. The last time he talked yeah. about January sixth, and in my records, I have one that died that day, and that's Ashley Babbitt, Ashley who Babbitt. was unarmed, who was shot by a black police officer. Oh, and, whoa! You better not say that. Oh, oh well, well, that's why I, I got that? swept under the rug. Come on now. Oh, you mm. think if he was white? It oh, yeah, heck yeah. She, if if he was white, she was black. Oh, that would have been that would have been all over. He would be in jail. Point blank. And in this case, he was not even, no. No. I don't think he was even reprimanded. But All right, with more on this, the expert in all of this, uh, Julie Kelly from amgreatness.com. She joins us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Good morning, Julie. How are you? Good morning, Amy and John. Happy Insurrection Day. Okay. <laughs> we call it riots. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but they're still arresting people even 14 months later. Two they years are. later. Uh, and- Yes, I've got a piece up actually today at American Greatness, AmGreatness.com, about a couple from Washington who was arrested a few weeks before Christmas. The FBI had investigated this couple for 14 months. They interrogated coworkers. They scoured their social media accounts. They reviewed hours of body cam footage and security footage and uh, even got a a warrant from AT&T to confirm where their cell phone devices were. On January 6th. And you know what this pair was eventually charged with? What? Four low-level misdemeanors. Oh. in the Capitol, disorderly conduct, trespassing on restricted grounds. This is what our FBI and DOJ is doing and will continue to do, as one top FBI official warned this week, for years to come. Now, how many people are still awaiting trial that were denied bond? You know, I get this question a lot, Amy, and it's harder to answer now than it was, say, a year ago, uh, because the trial started this uh, March. And so you have people who have been detained since January, February, March of 2021 who have either faced trial uh, or agreed to plea deals or are awaiting trial or undergoing trial right now. But suffice to say that there are dozens of men who have been denied bail 
um, who have who are still incarcerated, either undergoing trials right now, like is the case for five members of the Proud Boys, or <clears throat> still awaiting trials that should start this spring. The big problem is DOJ continues to delay these trials, and now the D.C. District Court is so overwhelmed with January 6th cases that these trials are being pushed into later this year. Wow. And today, President Biden is going to commemorate the second anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol by honoring, quote, 12 heroes who demonstrated courage and selflessness that day with Presidential Citizens Medal. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, this is just more optics, more narrative boosting. The the odd thing to me is why they keep giving awards and medals and uh, acting, you know, treating people as heroes who failed to protect the Capitol on January 6th. It was not Donald Trump's responsibility to make sure that the building and grounds were secure. That responsibility falls to Capitol Police, to Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, to D.C. Metro Police, to Secret Service, Park Police, etc. Why was that building intentionally left unprotected? In some areas, the doors opened while Capitol Police stood right by. If this was something comparable to 9-11, Amy and John, where are the mass firings? Where is the condemnation? these law enforcement agencies and lawmakers who did not do their job that day. Instead, they're treated as heroes, which raises, of course, to me, a lot more questions as to the motives as to why the Capitol building was so unprotected on January 6th. So what did Nancy Pelosi know and when did she know it? Amy, that is the title of one of my articles from last week. What the January 6th committee report, and they buried it in an, in an appendix, and then another report recently issued by a handful of uh, House Republicans show, contrary to what the public has been told, Amy and John, planning for January 6th was going on for months. One top security official who works for Nancy Pelosi said they started planning in the summer of 2020. Now that completely flies in the face of what we've been told is that everyone was caught off guard. Weeks before January 6th, her top security official, Paul Irving, was giving walkthroughs with only Democrats, by the way, walkthroughs of the Capitol building a few days before January 6th. Republicans were not invited. Hmm. Here's a big uh, tip that came from the House Republican report. On January 6th, Paul Irving, the House uh, Sergeant at Arms responsible for securing the Capitol, gave a walkthrough for Democrats of the House evacuation plan. Wow. 24 hours later, the House was being evacuated because of the so-called insurrection. That's something that's never been told publicly. Wow. Why, if no one was anticipating a threat, why, if what we were told, this just happened because Donald Trump incited these people at a speech, why was the House Sergeant at Arms giving a walkthrough of the evacuation plan, which happened exactly 24 hours later? Wow. You know, you know, when you look at um, what the FBI has been doing, focusing in on parents, focusing in on this J6, but we allowed this um, Times Square machete guy who was on their watch list, they oh, talked yeah. to, and yet that happened. But, you know, that's not my question. Um, has there been anybody from the summer of 2020, the riots of summer 2020, 
Has there been anybody that's, that's, that, that destroyed uh, courthouses, police buildings, um, churches? Police ha- precincts. Police precincts. <laughs> have they been um, subject to this type of treatment that the J6 people are having to endure? John, it's such a good question. And I think that is what galls Americans the most. They want people who acted badly on January 6th to you know, face legal consequences. What really angers people is the huge disparity in treatment between January 6th protesters and rioters in 2020. So the short answer to your question is no. They have not been held to the same legal standard. The same Department of Justice who continues to round up and investigate and torment trespassers actively dropping cases of 2020 rioters Mm. who did far more destruction to federal property attacked federal officers, injuring them. Um, And these people are being completely let off the hook. Um, One of the closest comparisons is what happened in Lafayette Square in the summer of 2020, right across the street from the White House. You had rioters destroying and burning federal property, menacing the White House, prompting the lockdown of Donald Trump and his family. They had to erect a fence to keep these rioters away from the White House, attacked hundreds of federal officers. Not only were those charges dropped, the DOJ just entered an agreement with rioters who were suing law enforcement for attacking them with tear gas and rubber bullets. And they were getting bailed out by politicians as well. Oh, that's right. Yes. Democrat politicians were bailing them out. All right. So, uh, Someone text, just texted into the show. Where is Ray Epps? Yes. <laughs> who is Don, Ray Epps? Who, for who is yeah, you Remind us of who Ray Epps is and where is he, Julie? So Ray Epps, as uh, I'm sure your astute listeners know, is man seen numerous times on January 5th and 6th, imploring people to go inside the Capitol. Not only was he imploring people to go inside the building, Uh, His recent testimony that was released by the January 6th committee indicates that he was on restricted grounds for over an hour on January 6th. Now, this is something for which many people, several people, face criminal charges. But yet here he is two years later. Ray Epps, we're not really sure. He gave an explanation as to why he was there, which is fine. He sent a text to his family that day saying how he helped orchestrate what happened. Um, This is the sort of evidence that has landed a lot of people in trouble by this DOJ. Yet two years later, Ray Epps remains uncharged. I believe he lives somewhere in Arizona. Um, They released one of his transcript interviews. We haven't seen the other one. And uh, not only that, you have January 6th committee members, like former Representative Adam Kinnear, that sounds good, doesn't it? Defending him and during his interview, sort of acting like his personal defense attorney. Uh, so it's still, uh, people still have a lot of questions about what he did and why Ray Epps still remains uncharged when we are now heading towards a thousand criminal defendants in the January 6th investigation. Yeah, and Epps was also on the list for the most wanted FBI, then got removed. Uh, you, what, what do you think is going to happen with this new Congress? Are, you think they're going to go after and, and really uncover? Uh, a lot of the shenanigans that happened between Nancy Pelosi and the, and the Democrats and the mayor of, of D.C., uh, do you think that's there? Are the goods there to, to produce? I doubt if they do because they don't want to go after somebody that's their own. I, I, I just that's one of the reasons why I don't trust Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but do you think you and twenty others? Right. Well, I've I've <laughs> I've called for anybody but Kevin from day one uh-huh. because I think he's too squishy. I think he he you know oh, he placates. You know, I want somebody in there. I want I want somebody with the spirit of Jim Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know that, that 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 that's a pit bull that will go in there and 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 chop heads off. And the leadership to the of bottom Scalise. of this scrap. Like good right. combo. But do you think this new Congress is going to do anything about this? Um, the short answer is no. And if and I share your concerns about Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy for two years has not said anything about the See? political detainees, about this cruel, vindictive, retaliatory investigation by the DOJ. He said very little about FBI corruption until it was so flagrant, especially with the release of the Twitter files that he had to. He has been utterly silent as this manhunt has gone on for two years and now will be accelerated because you had 18 Senate Republicans who just gave DOJ a $3.5 billion raise, including a $570 million raise for the FBI. We're talking about a nearly $40 billion budget handed over to this Department of Justice with the complicity of House and Senate Republicans. And that's why DOJ is threatening to accelerate this investigation. And, you know, this is this is why there's legitimate concern and skepticism as to how Kevin McCarthy, what he will do comes to not just holding these people accountable, but exposing the corruption and cruelty of this regime. Yeah. You know, Julie, I'm, I'm reading this list of people who are going to be honored today by President Biden. This, this is what it says about Brian Sicknick, who, yeah. sadly enough, he died yeah. the day yeah. after the rats from a brain aneurysm. Yeah. And uh, this is what they said. Posthumous was a Capitol Police officer who defended the Capitol on January 6th. After he lost his life protecting our elected representatives. Nothing. I am so sorry that he died, but he did not die in an attack on the Capitol on January 6th. He did not. And it is just such a shameful lie that not only the Democrats, the January 6th committee, and unfortunately, Brian Sicknick's own family now participating in. I feel so bad for Brian Sicknick, who by all accounts seemed like a really decent guy. He was a veteran. He was a Capitol Police officer. Uh, He was not physically injured on January 6th. Uh, Unfortunately, he died the evening of the 7th from a blood clot, uh, a stroke caused by a blood clot. Had nothing to do with what happened on January 6th, but you have these soulless politicians like Joe Biden, who, of course, we know he, he has a hard time telling the truth about how people die. Can't even get straight the story of how his own son died. So, of course, he has no problem lying about Brian Sicknick. But here now, Brian Sicknick, because he's part of the narrative. You know, right, he's right. part of, of the narrative. And Amy, to go back to what you said, four Trump supporters died on January 6th. Yeah. Ashley Babbitt, Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips, and Roseanne Boyland almost all or partially due to excessive force used by police that day. What happened to Brian Sicknick on January 7th was used to wipe out coverage of those fatalities that day, which had been completely ignored by every investigation. The January 6th committee didn't even mention Ashley Babbitt's name in an 845-page report or investigate what happened to the other three Trump supporters. Yeah. 
And I had Ashley Babby's mom on my show, and uh, it was a tearjerker. It really was because, I mean, what, what happened to her is a travesty because um, if, 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 as I said earlier, if the cop was black but was white, we, we, we're having a different conversation about this shooting, and this, this cop, this Capitol Police officer would be in jail. Is her family going after them legally, though? For not wrongful death lawsuit not, or not anything? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Not at the point. Not at this time. I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I think I do. I did pose that question, and they were looking into it. Okay. All right, Julie Kelly. Always a pleasure to have you on. Senior contributor for American Greatness and author of January Sixth: How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank we you, appreciate Julie. it. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. And she joined us on our Turnkey Dot Pro Answer Line. Connect with Dan and Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday morning. Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony, and for Dan Proft. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. And you have a show tomorrow, every Saturday, what? Black and White Radio, 4 to 7 p.m., right yes. here on AM 560. You said it right. Yay. Thank you. Well, I wrote it down. You know. All of I'll read anything Chee-chee, that's in front of no. me. Chi-chi. Yeah. Um, so we talked earlier about this gruesome OIG report dealing uh, detailing CPS sexual grooming and assaults of their students. Yeah. And uh, why no names? And why do these a union protect these people? With uh, we'll begin there with Paul Vallis. You know him. You love him. He's normally here filling in in where you're sitting. But since he's yeah. running for mayor, yeah. I can't have him here because then if we give him time, then we have to give every single candidate. Ooh, that would be amazing. Equal opportunity, which I think oh, we should. That would be amazing. Oh, I'd love to have um, Cam Buckner in here. Yeah. Brandon Johnson, yeah. Chewy Garcia. That'd be you know for four hours. Yeah, they wouldn't show. They wouldn't show. No. Right, and I'd be doing what? What have any of the candidates? Would any of them show? Willie, maybe. oh Willie Wilson, yeah, that would be it. That would it, right? Yeah, Willie, Willie would. Maybe Willie Mayor Lightfoot. Really, she used she to come you. out when she ran. No, she does not hate me. Okay, Governor Pritzker hates me. Oh, um, she. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I have to list people that hate me, Governor Pritzker is number there's one. There's levels to hate, though. and then there's some aldermen who I've never met that don't like me, which I don't know why. Um. But I don't say they hate me. I say they don't understand me. Uh, okay. okay, that's a good Christian way to put it. Right, Paul? They despise you, but okay. Yeah. Yes. They don't understand you. That's it. That's what it is. Because if they knew me, they wouldn't hate me. They may not like me, but hate's a strong word. <laughs> Paul Vallis, former superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools, Recovery School District of Louisiana, former CEO of both school districts of Philadelphia and CPS, and now you are running for mayor, and you have a few new ads out. Let's begin there. Crime is out of control, and combative leadership is failing us. Paul Vallis will put crime and your safety first. I'll work with every community in every part of our city to confront our crime problem, hold department leadership accountable, put more police on our streets and public transportation, open schools after hours to ensure young Chicagoans have safe alternatives to gangs and violence, and I'll bring people together to get it done. Paul Vallis, crime and your safety is his top priority. And here's the second one. Hold on. Let me move that over here. Crime is Chicago's biggest problem. And Paul Vallis is a lifelong Democrat who puts crime and your safety first. As city budget director, he made public safety a priority. 
helping grow the police department to record levels. Crime came down. Later, Vallis advised President Obama's Department of Justice on needed criminal justice reforms. And when Mayor Lightfoot and our police were at odds, Paul Vallis led negotiations that got an agreement no one thought possible. Paul Vallis. The difference? He puts crime and your safety first. All right, John Anthony, did that move the needle for you? Yeah, but I can't vote for him. Oh, that's right, because you don't live in the city, but you can move into the city. No, oh, I, don't make me use bad language. <laughs> All right, welcome, Paul Vallis. Um, I just, before we get to those ads, and I know I played them ahead, did yeah. you read this Wire Points article about this OIG report dealing, uh, they found 600, or the OIG for CPS received more than 600 adult-on-student misconduct allegations for the 2021-2022 school year. Well, if you remember four years ago, that was a big issue. It became a big issue because the uh, Tribune had had done a series of reports about revelations, about covers, cover-ups and things like that. And, and, uh, and what's been done since then? Because they had the Office of the Inspector General do an investigation then. And, of course, uh, they brought in uh, – they had an independent investigation done. And what's happened in four years? You would think that they would have not only have put the right protocols in place, but you would have thought that they – uh, that, that they would have recognized that transparency uh, is absolutely critical to having the a type of accountability you need. So, but, you know, look, it's, it's just another failing on the mayor's watch. The, you know, the running of the schools, the management of schools have been an unmitigated disaster. They lost another 11,000 students last year. Uh, they've now lost, um, uh, they've, they've lost 11% of their students since COVID began, and, and yet they're spending 40,000. 40% more per pupil. I mean, people are fleeing the system left and right. There, there's just an absence of effective management, certainly an absence of accountability. So in this case, so walk me through this, because they're not naming the teachers' names or the schools. And my, I'm a parent. I'm a CPS parent. And I would like to know if the gym teacher, I mean, this goes on and on, just horrific graphic details. A CPS high school gym teacher re- repeatedly exposed himself to a sophomore girl and connected with other 15-year-old students on social media, and he sent them videos of himself masturbating and engaged in other sexual acts. Why don't we know his name, and why isn't he behind bars? Or Is that how the union works? They protect them? Well, that's a good... Look, I think that's more a product of mismanagement. You know, you know, it's easy to blame the union, or it's easy to blame the union for everything. But, you know, when it comes to identifying those individuals, removing them from the classroom, then conducting an investigation uh, in an expeditious way, bringing DCFS in uh, and the appropriate state agencies so that you can fully uh, uh, investigate what went on, and then moving, moving to, uh, to, to fire uh, that individual. I mean, that, it, there needs to be a, a process for doing that. You know, our approach when I ran the schools many moons ago was to do 24-7 uh, reporting of serious incidents. Uh, if there was an accusation made against a teacher or anyone else, we would immediately pull them out of, of, the, uh, of their school, for that matter, the principal. Uh, it doesn't matter who the employee was, and we would immediately bring them to the central office while the investigation ensued. And, and at the time, we had a very close working relationship with the Department of Children and Family Services, who were literally embedded in the school district, wow. as was our school police, who were actually run by retired Chicago police officers. So we had a connection, so that would both trigger a police investigation yeah. and a DCFS investigation. So we had a process for immediately taking action 
to remove the individuals uh, uh, who were, uh, you know, who were being accused and to uh, ensure that the that that individual was in a place where they could do no further damage while providing them with due process. It's not like we put out the name of the individual when they were reassigned, but that the idea is to take action to immediately protect the child and then to investigate in, in an expeditious manner uh, because, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing worse than justice denied. Yeah. And, Paul, there's a poll out from Block Club Chicago uh, I think there was uh, 25% of the people said they'd vote for Chewy, 25% for, surprising in my opinion, Brandon Johnson, and 15% said they'd vote for Paul Vallis, while well, <laughs> Lori Lightfoot follows fourth. up in fourth place with 11 <laughs> points. Uh, what, do you, what do you think this poll is saying about the voters of Chicago and, and the change that they're looking for? Well, that was one of those mail-in polls that, that, that provide – a, oh. a proper sampling and it's the type of poll where when the poll goes out like if you're uh you know if you're johnson is supported by the chicago teachers union they can in effect get all their members to vote or if you're truly supported by uh, uh Belinoff, uh and his uh and his uh foot soldiers uh they'll go out there and they'll vote likewise because if you notice in that same poll uh willie wilson is at three percent now yeah. do we really believe no. that willie wilson no. Is that three no, percent? No. As you know, a far more accurate poll came out, and it's not because it showed me in a much stronger position. Although, you know, uh, you know, that Crane's poll certainly shows that I'm well, well positioned to be in a runoff. Uh, but that uh, poll that Mike Flannery uh, uh, put out on uh, on Fox News uh, showed uh, showed Garcia in first place, me in second place. Lightfoot fading in third place, and Willie in double digits in fourth place, and I and Johnson in single digits. I haven't seen a poll, a credible poll, that didn't have Johnson in uh, a stronger position or in with more than five or six or seven percentage points. Yeah. And so, at the end of the day, that's just we're going to be seeing so many polls. And trust me, candidates themselves are going to put out their own polls to put them in the, the best of light. So at this point, I'm just focusing. You know, I'm running a race. I, I see the finish line, and I'm not looking at at who's running in the other lanes uh, because that only detracts me. So right now, we anticipate uh, being in the runoff, and we anticipate beating anyone who we are in the runoff with. Yeah, and 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 have you been hearing on the campaign trail in Chicago? Because I know the tax bill, property tax bills, didn't come out until well, yeah. Now after, they're extending the right time that you can pay it, it because correct. Who's going to pay it on time? And and well, if you tif- don't have the money, you're not going to pay it on time. And you know the TIF, you know the Tax Increment Finance District. They took fifteen point five percent of that, right? Now in That's some right. in some in some areas, especially Latinos, there was a forty six percent increase in their property tax bill. Is is this? Are you hearing from the people uh, across Chicago, especially after Fritz Craig, Fritz uh, reassess some of the, the the values? Are you hearing from the the people in the neighborhoods about how? These un- unfair, or you know, the left likes to call it unfair, um, tax bills are coming to their um, home now. Absolutely, next to crime, and, and crime really is issue one, two, and three. But after crime, uh, it's it's outrage over high property taxes. And let me point out, and it's important for your listeners to realize that since 2019, uh, uh, since the mayor took office, property taxes have grown by almost 900 million dollars despite the fact that the city and the schools got six billion dollars in COVID 
in COVID revenue from the federal government. I mean, what the hell is that about? So much for holding the line on property taxes this year. And as you know, as you know, the uh, uh, the property tax bills were delayed this year right after the election. Mm-hmm. They did not want those second installment shocks to happen before the election, totally manipulating the process. And, of course, the delay and the bills getting out has created its own hardships. I mean, look, when I when I get elected mayor, I will return the city to long term budgeting, uh, long term financial planning. Uh, I will tackle all the budgets that the mayor controls because the mayor controls $20 billion in spending, just not the city, but the schools and the park district and CHA and CTA. Uh, and, and I will hold the line on property taxes just as I did when I was city budget director in the daily and the early years. And just as I did when I was school superintendent, because we are driving people between the high crime, between the lack of quality school choices, and between increasingly, uh, uh, you know, uh, unaffordability uh, of living in our communities, we are driving people out of the city. And, and this is simply madness. And, and, and the property tax increases are just symptomatic of the failure of leadership at City Hall. And what is your plan on crime? Well, I mean, hire, hire more officers, right? Because we have 2,000 less police officers than we did when yeah. Mayor Lightfoot took office. Take this to the bank. Uh, I will fill the vacancies. I will restore the 600 police officers that uh, positions that she eliminated. And I will get rid of the privatized, uh, unarmed, uh, poorly trained police officers, uh, private police officers who are security, I should say, security uh, uh, that uh, on the CTA who cannot make arrests. And, and, And I will add another 300 Chicago police officers to the CTA detail. So what you will have is every single Every single beat, every single police beat will have a police car. That means the 911 calls will be responded to in real time. That means every single CTA platform and every single CTA train station will have officers walking that beat. And that means we will have police officers riding trains both both uh, in uniform and undercover like they do in New York. Because there is no more important issue for the mayor to address than the safety of all its residents, of all its transit riders, uh, of all its businesses. It's critical that we that we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to making public safety the top priority for the for the mayor of the city of Chicago. Now, Paula, you know that I don't like when people jump into the race late in the game. That's what Chewy Garcia did. I don't know what people's fascination with him is. He's he hasn't done anything as a congressman. <laughs> And I think that Sam from FTX, who gave him campaign contributions, he should at least pay that back. So what is it about Chewy that people don't know? Well, besides the fact that he's, he's done nothing, the, the, besides the fact that he's part of the defund the cops movement, you know, besides the fact that, uh, you know, who votes, who votes to, uh, uh, you know, to uh, demand or to mandate that the president of the Ukraine uh, negotiate with Putin, or for that matter, who votes against the Iron Dome for Israel? I mean, a lot, vote, I mean, votes with Ocasio-Cortez on not funding the Iron Dome, which is critical to Israel's survival. Uh, you know, the Iron Dome shoot down scuds that, that right. are, you know, that are shot into Israel uh, periodically, and sometimes in the thousands. And who votes against that? I mean, the other, you know, look, uh, Chuy Garcia, 
uh, has never run anything, and Chuy Garcia uh, has has done nothing that is memorable from a legislative standpoint. And but he thinks that uh, his background and his skills have made him well suited to be the mayor of the city of Chicago. It's critically important, whether it's Chuy Garcia or anyone else, uh, for the voters to really look at. Uh, uh, an individual's record, look at their history, because their history is a good predictor of what they'll do in the future, and to look at what they're recommending and what they're offering. And, you know, Trudy Garcia has said nothing on public safety other than defund the police and and provide less support for the police. And he has certainly remained silent on the schools and and the devastating consequences the 15 months of of the school closures have had uh, on, on poor families. And and just on the significant spike in the crime rate. Right. So, at, uh, you know, so I think hopefully uh, truly will ha- will face the same scrutiny that so many of the other candidates who have entered the uh, have entered the primary are now facing. Yeah, I think he also is is, is uh, being rewarded for the Obama effect. The first Mexican, real true Mexican that has an opportunity to become mayor of Chicago. I think that's one of the things he's dealing with. But, Paul, I want to know. You know, when you look at how the the the, uh, the aldermanic um, setup is in in Chicago, you you talked about getting all these police officers. How do you think you're going to be able to get that through this very leftist, anti-police, um, um, aldermanic um, alderman that we have that Chicago has set up? Do you think that's going to be a, a problem? And and how do you navigate through that? No, not at all. Because you don't have aldermen who are screaming who are calling for the, the funding of the police now demanding more police officers in their, uh, in their, you know, in their wards. Look, uh, even though this mayor is extraordinarily unpopular uh, with the city council to the point where a number of aldermen, record number of aldermen are leaving, she still hasn't lost the budget. Um, she still has not lost a single vote in the city council. And, and when she tries to bo- bottle up even good ordinances, she seems to be able to do that. So, you know, I, you know, I anticipate having great success with the city council uh, because, you know, the, the mayor, it's a, the mayor really dominates the city council. Uh, but I'm also going to have great success with the city council uh, because I've had great success before because I am inclusive. I am respecting, uh, respectful of aldermanic input. And, 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 and you know, and I am going to make them a partner when it comes to, to governance and not and not treat them like potted plants, which is what which is what this mayor has done. And in some cases, past mayors have done also. So I, I'm very confident that on the public safety issues, I'm, I'm going to have strong city council support, and, and I'm going to be able to make the changes that need to be made, particularly in leadership. And more importantly, I'll, I'm going to be able to, to return the policing strategy to community policing, where the local police beats and the CTA stations, the platforms are covered by trained police officers with the power to arrest. Uh, you know, police officers uh, who who will be able to be proactive because that's going to be critical uh, for keeping the city safe. All right, Paul Vallis, we're going to leave it there for today. The election is February twenty eighth. Close is that? Yeah, it's wow. an it's next month. So Isn't it normally in April. <clears throat> no, no. no? Oh. So, um, are you going to be releasing any more campaign ads on television? We will. We will. We'll run these ads for a couple weeks, and then we'll go up and we'll have some. Uh, you know, we'll we have some some other ads in the can. We'll also okay. do our own surveys and things like that. Obviously, we want the ads to reach the broadest number of people, and we want them to be effective. But but can I leave my uh, can I leave my website? Yes, I was just going to ask you where can people get more information about you. 
I know last time you asked me, I forgot, remember? So I wrote it down. <laughs> it's Paul Vallas, P-A-U-L-V-A-L-L-A-S, 2023.com. And, they, and people can also follow me on Facebook. As you know, I, I do a lot of posting on Facebook. Oh, yes. Somebody referred to my posts as being so long that they reminded me of Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace. But you can reach <laughs> oh, me. You can reach me on either LinkedIn and on Facebook, just under simple Paul Vallis, P-A-U-L-V-A-L-L-A-S. All right, Paul Vallis, paulvallis2023.com. Uh, good luck, and I'm sure we'll talk to you before the election. Thank you so much. Thank you, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Open my All right, it's Open Mic Friday. Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony, and for Dan Prof. Thanks for coming hey, in. Thanks for having me. We've been very busy. It actually flew by because we had a lot of topics to discuss. Yeah. And now it's turn for our listeners Uh-oh. to get things off of their chest. Anything you want to get off or talk yeah, about? Yeah, you know, I'm, get I'm, off. I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've, I've been texting with State Rep Marty McLaughlin, uh, former Barrington um, mayor, and um, he was telling me, he said he doesn't think the Senate's going to concur. On the gun bill, really? At this time, because it passed the house time. late last night, sixty-four yeah. to forty-three. 43, I believe it was, and basically, it would mean if it passes the Senate that you cannot buy an assault weapon yeah. in the state of and Illinois. If you own one, and if you own one, you can keep it, folks. But there's a caveat: you have to register that weapon with Illinois State Police. Yeah, I think it was a what's his name, Charleston Hester, said something. Over my cold, dead body or something like that. <laughs> well, this is the exchange between Deerfield Democrat Bob Morgan and Republican uh, from Decatur, Dan Cocken. We're talking about literally people dying from gun deaths. So I don't really know how to explain that if you don't understand no, I the understand. harm. I understand. Sound like what I understand, Representative, is that you're going after my Second Amendment rights. You're asking me... To surrender, if you, to if register. You are a, no one's surrendering weapons. If you are a lawful gun owner, yes. continue to be a lawful gun owner. This no. legislation doesn't change that. And again, the bill also bans large capacity magazines holding 12 or more rounds of ammunition and rapid fire devices or switches. And Todd gave us a, a bunch of shotguns that have been added right. to this as well. Early 12 in- to 20 million shotguns yeah. have been added too. Mm. So if you own a shotgun, single or double barrel shotgun, yeah. uh, I don't know what to do i thought getting my foid card was you know yeah the role that i played in the government knowing what was going on yeah um the foid card the age still stands at 18 right, right? They, they took that they out took they that took that language out because they wanted to raise 18 to 21 they, they didn't want to run to the Constitution. Uh, but what did your uh so because so, you're a former state rep yes so he says he says he uh he had he's only seen prisco in the house floor twice one for the gun bill and the other one for the WNBA champions. And he, he said, let's be frank. I don't know, he wanted me to quote him. Let's be frank here. He was there because he's running for president. He wants to tell people he's passed the most extreme abortion and restrictive gun law legislation prior to his announcement. He said that's what he thinks is happening with J.B. Pritzker. And, and that's, that's why, why pushing this. he was on the House. That's right. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Goes and to that's the State Senate. Rep. Marty McLaughlin. And they have until January 10th to figure this out. Yeah. 
because then new the new, new Congress, com- I mean, new, new legislators. legislators come in. All right, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. Let's go to Bob in Edison Park. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, guys. You know what? Um, this is, to the, to the gun owners of Illinois, this is going to get destroyed in the courts, yep. this law, if it goes through, and I don't think the Senate is going to pass at this time. But to, to uh, my brother and sister gun owners in Illinois, join IllinoisCarry.com. The ISRA has become a complete shill. The NRA has become a complete shill. Uh, I was with I met you, John, with Melinda Rowe from uh, Illinois mm-hmm. Carry a long time ago. Great woman and the people Love of Wisconsin her. and Indiana, too. Yeah. If you could send a donation, because if this is stopped in Illinois, they're going to try this federally. That's and if they could if they could float the boat, they're going to get it through. So please, Illinois Carry. And one other quick point I want to bring on another topic and I'll be fast. It's funny how since Trump and this thing with McCarthy, Fox News, a lot of the pundits are showing their real colors. I mean, everybody from Sean Hannity with his CIA lapel pin he wears every night on the news and uh, Judge Jeannie and even Brett Baer, who's a complete shill for the Bush family. The Fox News is a farce also. I want people to look at that. Sean Hannity wears a CIA pin every night when he's on the news and you got to look at these people's motivation why are they going against this what these 20 republicans are standing for is are some extremely important issues but again please for the gun issue going back join illinoiscarry.com thanks guys thank you all right thank you very much let's go to eduardo his in midway good morning eduardo and hello i met you on john anthony's boat cruise that's right yes yeah, yeah. Good morning. Happy Good morning. New Year. Thanks. I wanted to bring up a couple of things. Um, Mr. Maduro is trying to get uh, easy, uh, easy with uh, Mr. Biden. There's a lot of Venezuelans in El Paso. And also, the Prime Minister of Canada is banning Chinese and Indian because they're all moving into Canada and jacking up the real estate prices over there, mm. pushing everybody out. So I thought I'd bring those two points out, see what you guys think. All right, thanks, Eduardo. I didn't. I had not heard that. No, that they're banning Chinese and Indians what? from moving to Canada. Yeah, he or called buying my sh- property. He called my show one time, telling me that China has police stations in America. They have. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was. I I thought it was wrong. Look it up. They they have police really? stations in America. I thought he was lying. I thought it was a conspiracy. Where Where are these alleged Chinese police? I will, I will police look it up. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no well, I'm, I'm gonna not look gonna let up. this lie. I'm telling you. <laughs> Do they speak Mandarin or Cantonese at these alleged Chinese police stations? I'll tell you, I thought he was lying when he said it. Okay. All right, let's go to Kip in Stillman Valley. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer on Open Mic Friday. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, you guys. I just want to congratulate everyone 560 real quick. Uh, and both your show, The Black and Right, on Saturday and uh, you. your morning show. And I want to thank you, Amy, for keeping Dan on. And Red Velvet, that keep John on. So. <laughs> and all the producers and the call screeners and everyone, and also to all the fans of yours here in the area and around the world, actually. Yeah, right, so, we're going uh, global. This is yeah, great. You keep I, talking there, buddy. <laughs> well, I, hey, and, and a real quick point on the, before I get called, uh, you know, talk about what I called for, is that the, the Vava Room, but that, that commercial for the, the company, <laughs> 
it started to be annoying because it's not the rub of room, it's the fake cackle. The Hillary cackle that she does. I, I mean, every time I hear it, if I'm by uh, volume, I turn it down. So cute? anyway, now, this is a really good thing what's happening in my house. Not only I think it's the people that are, are holding back to get what they want, it's just because everybody goes, well, who are these people? I think that's one thing. They're starting to know, and if it goes on longer, they, you get more attention to what's right. being done. You know? This is all to raise their political profile. Yes. Not only that, though, it also shows that if McCartney does get it, it's already here that everybody sees what's going on and what, what's been said. And if he reneges in that, it's just going to make the RNC, you know, worse looking, if you understand my meaning, where I'm trying to go right, with Kip, it. Kip, who do you want to be Speaker of the House? I Hey, I, I, you know what? Ooh. This is what's good about it. I really don't care, but I'll support him, whoever it is. You know, right. I mean, McCartney is... It's McCarthy. Paul McCartney really is just, from the Beatles. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy, right, yeah, right. Having Sorry. a little bit of the Amy J's there. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, right. right but Kip. anyway, yeah, because he's... With, if you go by history, the true history, he he does kind of uh, take the political wins, you know, yep. and he does side with the Democrats, which we do not need. We need a pit bull that's going to go after him, and these people that are good that would be good for leadership, we need them in their positions now, like what John said, to go after these corrupt crooks. Mm-hmm. All right. So Thanks, I'm going to let it go there and let somebody else get out. Thank All you very much. Thank you, and God bless you. Bye. Oh, God bless you. So you think I should do the boat Oof. cruise in, in the summer or no? keep it in the fall? Keep it in the fall. Uh, free spirit. All right. Free spirit, yeah. September is the best month in Chicago yeah. by far. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. All right. Bob in Buffalo Grove. Hi, Bob. How are you Happy doing? New Good morning, year. Amy and um, John. Thanks for taking the call. Always great talking to you. Uh, good to hear you, John, subbing for uh, Dan. Thank you. Did we lose him? Where did Bob go? Bob, call back. He hung Bob. up on us. He always I, hangs up on people. What, how, he hung up on me before. He doesn't mean to. Yeah. All right, Bob, call back. In the meantime, let's take. Let's go to Kevin in Austin, Texas. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Good. Good morning to both of you. Uh, hey, Kevin. Uh, Amy and John. Uh, Amy, I w- if you do that balance of nature voice in the, uh, or the balance of nature head with your uh, see-through pajama voice, I think you get a lot more sales. Oh. Anyhow, Should I try? You know what? I'll try that. Next balance of nature live read. <laughs> I won't have the va-va-boom. So, I'll have the va so anyhow, John, it's good to hear you on this morning. I liked it uh, when you were subbing for Sean Thank as you. far as uh, getting angry a little bit sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I think you tap into a lot of Mr. people. Sean, yeah. Way. And then it's far, it, so two comments. Uh, one, I didn't. you were talking about Kritzker on the floor. He's on the floor of the house because he's the new Mike Madigan. He probably paid yeah. for half of those people to be on on the uh, on the floor. And that's why it's important oh. for people to start who, who listen to the show to start getting involved. Uh, to to get more Republicans in the House. I mean, you know, let's let's move it to the right. And then one last thing on the uh, the House Speaker thing, I would love it if the if the uh, center of power in the House was not out from California. I agree. And the amount of money that uh, how how many favors does Kevin uh, McCarthy own? 
uh, not McCarthy, McCarthy. So I would love to see it go somewhere else. So anyhow, th- those are the two things. And I look forward to the ad for uh, the next uh, live read for Bill. Okay. Thank you. Money, Thank you it's very much, Kevin. It's a ton well, of money. Didn't uh, Pritzker spend, well, he spent $152 million of his own money. Yeah. Uh, can't, $152 yeah. Million. Man, you know what I could do with that? <laughs> and Just give he, me one. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I did read that he spent $11 million on other Democratic candidates, including the t- two Supreme Court justices. Wow. That he put in yeah. office, or he helped put in office. Yeah. Mary Kay. Who are now going to go Rose over the Cruz. Safety Act. Yeah. Well, so they did put a payback. pause to it. They did pause it. They should recuse themselves. Uh, they did do a pause. They pause until what, March? Yeah. So yeah. what? So. Those two judges who were paid for by Pritzker yeah. should recuse themselves. Well. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right, let's go to Rich and Indian Head Park here on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for calling. What I uh, would like to uh, ask is, if uh, this uh, Demar Hamlin would have been in a car accident on his way to the stadium and uh, was in the hospital in critical condition, would they would the reaction over, around the country be the same as it is now? No. I don't understand why they're so upset about this incident. Is it because it was live? Because I've seen more hits on the field that were harder than the. Uh, the actual tackle that happened uh, in his incident. And uh, the guy from Miami was hit. He got up and he fell back down. And uh, I just don't, I just don't understand it. They keep, uh, they keep talking about how this was such a terrible incident. They're going to cancel the game. They're not going to play it again. And Amy, you mentioned uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Hughes had died after uh, a game in uh, 1971 after, after he had played. Does any anybody remember Daryl Stingley yes. when he got hit on New England? He yes. paralyzed for the yeah. rest of his life. Yeah. Do, do people remember, remember all of this? Yeah, I and then they say that the players put their life on the line every day that they go out there. Well, if that's the case, they should cancel football because the only guys that put their life on the line is the military and the police officers every day for the people in this country. And then you have Joe Biden who calls off. I know he called the family. He, he called up and, you know, his condolences about, you know, his prayers or whatever. Has he called any of the women who's lost their sons in Chicago? I know. Your old little kids being shot? No. That was no, one of the topics happen. we couldn't get to today. But, yeah, thank you so much for the call, Rich. Uh, but, yeah, Biden had a conversation with his parents. Yeah, and they talked for a while, he said. And so, I mean, he should be called. It wouldn't I mean, have been the same reaction, though. No. I mean, that's live on the field. I mean, I have other f- reasons why I think it happened, but, you know, you, you oh, can't. Oh, are you it, going it, to the jab? No, yeah, I, I, listen. I know there's been a lot been of The same elite, way, and they all fall in the same a way. A lot of elite athletes who yeah. have fallen dead instantaneously, yeah. whether it's on the soccer field. We had this Purdue Indianapolis Colts player, um, 38 years old, die a hurdler in the 2000 Olympic Games. Yeah. So now, I don't think the time to say say that is when it happened. Now I think a, a couple of days have passed. Why can't we have that conversation about what's happening to these professional athletes and people all You're across the world? You're going to get us yanked off of I YouTube. Didn't say you it. keep talking like that. I didn't like say that. it. I didn't say it, though. All right, real quick, Nation and Aurora. You're on Chicago's Morning Hi. Answer. Hi. Anyway, Happy New Year. Shout out to Maureen of St. Charles. Shout out to Tri-City Wolverines. Won their Super Bowl November 19 of 2022. And a quick point. Kevin McCarthy had a dinner or a lunch with that Klaus Schlob guy. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't get my vote. Thanks. 
All right. Thank you. That was quick, concise, and to the point. And we're going to end it with Chuck and Delavan. He's got some uh, political story to share with us. Hi, Chuck. Hey, oh, first-time caller, long-time listener. <laughs> I, right. uh, I, I was getting my signatures uh, for when I ran for Congress. I went to the Waukesha Gun Show. I got there early, and I there was like 100 people standing there. And through the first 100, I got three signatures because 97 of them were from Illinois. They're not going to stop this gun thing, okay? So everybody go out, have a good time this weekend, party, go anywhere. Go to Galena, go to Indiana, come up to Lake Geneva. You'll see me dancing. It'll be great. You guys have a great weekend. Forget about all this BS. All right. Thanks, Chuck. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.